to be back on You Watch, I Listen. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Dan. Hey, Josh. Hey. Hey, guys. Welcome to, I think this is 120... 125. 125? Something like that. 125 of You Watch, I Listen. You never know the episode. I know. And that's never. that's like a problem, I feel like. It's been the last 100 episodes. I don't know it until I start making the banner and I look at... Uh, I, I, t- I just basically start yeah, from this last is, week's file. <laughs> this is... One, like, okay, 125. That's yeah, where we are. Yes, this is 125. Uh, it is Tuesday, October 27th. Uh, this week weekend is Halloween. Um, we are on uh, next week. It's going to be a really exciting week. It's our uh, erection day coverage. Erection uh, day coverage. Yeah. I you know, it just, listen, it just works out that way. Yeah. And um, I, 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 I'm telling you right now, all we're going to talk is politics, guys. Oh, I can't wait. We're going to have a live Super. map up. We're going to have a live map up of uh, what we're doing. And uh, we're going to just call states for people that ran for president in like 1802. <laughs> oh, my God. Millard, Millard yeah. Fillmore just took Florida. Uh, oh, my God. Calvin Coolidge took Ohio. <laughs> um, so, Taylor, how was your week? Uh, week was okay. Um, you know, uh, uh, so uh, let me tell a quick story what happened. Please, last I have a couple stories about my week. After we recorded the show. Uh, last week, uh, okay, I go out to my truck. Yes, and I well, I'm looking around for my keys, and I can't find my keys, which is normal. Yeah, that usually, is normal. I usually lose my fucking keys. You so like I'm text like, me or my keys inside while I'm trying to Facetime with uh, my fiance's family, and I'm like shit, and I go and look, they're not there. I'm like sorry, dude. All right, yeah, right. So I go out and I look in my truck, and sure as shit, there are my keys in the ignition in the on position. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, watch, this is dead. I turn the key over, sure as shit, it's fucking yep. dead. Is it even clicking? Yes, okay. it's clicking. Actually, the funny part. Was it tried to trigger the alarm? Like you could hear oh, it trying to trigger awesome. the alarm, and it just wasn't working because it was dead. So then I had to then I did uh, text Dan. I go, Dan, just give me your fucking keys because I, I had jumper cables with me. And I go, Josh, can I jump? Can you help me jump? And he goes, Uh, the battery's in the back and I can't get access to it. <laughs> so on top of so on top of you driving like a douche, your car is also a giant douche because you can't help out your fellow yeah. man. The battery's in the back. I didn't know that. That's so stupid. But anyway, so Dan hands me the keys. I somehow finagled his car next to mine I jump it out and I and I get going and then I'm driving home I'm driving home and then I realize I forgot this is part I forgot to tell you guys yeah. my headlights are broken <laughs> you have no headlights well they're like a headlight or half a headlight I have half of two headlights <laughs> so it's one headlight it's one it's full like, headlight it's like, it's like but, a wallflower but song but they're both half Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, I'm driving home, especially through West Milford, where there's no street lights. No street lights. And none. it's awful, so I'm dr- I got to drive up my highs on, because those work for some reason. Yeah, that's true. And so you're blinding people. Yeah. Causing head-on collisions. Maybe that happened. I don't know. But, uh, so, Roofing I, them. so, I get home. <laughs> I'm walking up the stairs, and I just twist the wrong way, and I throw my back out. I'm having the worst night I've had in a while. So, then I miss work for two straight days. And then on Thursday... I just, I, I wanted to have just a small little fucking bowl of cereal for breakfast. I hop my way, oh, milk's fucking bad, dump it. So I, I just, You put water in the cereal? No. Yeah, no. Put some water on that it, shit? Yeah. <laughs> I hobble out to my truck, I get in, and I turn the key, and it's, it's dead. dead. So then you go to jump your car again. Well, here's, and my jumper cables that I left in the fucking grass. Yes, you did. From the from the two days before. Yep. So my mother had to come help me jump my truck. <sighs> Mommy's still saving you. You're 28. What was going to call I know. you? Yeah, no, I wouldn't have come. Exactly. <laughs> so, Josh would like, my battery's in the back, dude. Well, yeah, well, my, mother came, my, my mother showed up, jumped my car, went out, did my shit for the day, and then I go to work on Friday, or I try to go to work on Friday, car's also dead again. <laughs> I get jumped again. And then it cost me about three fifty for a new battery. All right. Well, that's that's reasonable, I guess. But uh, you're here now. 
Hopefully yeah. your battery's not dead again. You got a new one. I also I almost cut my finger off too. Actually, ooh, I, I was that would have been my favorite story. I was I was doing dishes and I just got this brand new fucking butcher knife. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, fucking idiot, I was was cleaning it with the blade to me, yep. like with the facing my hand and you side. Just sliced it a little. And it just it, it was a lot a little. Okay. And like. I looked at it and I and I held it and I was like, okay. And I opened my hand. My hand is covered in blood. And I'm like, all right, it's still there. Thank God. I I really thought I cut it off. That would have been awesome. If you watch I listen podcast. <laughs> what is Josh doing? It started a while ago, actually. Yeah, Josh, what's happening? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much of that is actually gonna like. You'll you'll hear it. You might not. Okay. Uh, what the whole intro? We ran over where the intro ended last week. Oh, so the song was still there on a different. Okay, track. but it didn't lose anything we just said, right? No, it didn't, okay. we didn't lose anything. We, we but just we might said. just get that song. We, we might hear that part of the okay, song. Okay, that's fine. That's it's fine. Just, I think that's fine. That, you haven't fucked up in a while, so that's yeah. good. Josh, how was your week? Uh, my week was actually pretty good. You yeah, know, I, I've remained uh, very busy. Good. And I hate my life and job. Okay. Uh, but I found out that I'm going to be an uncle, so... Oh, who? who? Lexi. Lexi's pregnant. Yep. No shit. Congratulations. When did you find this Seriously. out? Today. That's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. man. Seriously. That's Fantastic. Fucking that's fucking great, man. Good yeah, for her. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm very happy for her and her Oh, husband. man. That just made me feel weird. I've known yeah. Lexi for, since she was... Our sisters are the same age. That's yeah. fucking weird, man. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. So your first time being an uncle. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, You got a Switch? You got a Nintendo I Switch? I got a Nintendo Switch. Um, it's my new way to get through my daily fucking conference calls. Yeah, so, um, you know, Josh, being the astute businessman he is, <laughs> is playing Nintendo on conference calls. Hanging out, playing Nintendo. Hanging out, playing Nintendo. I think the best is when he th- he was he was telling us about buying a Switch for a while. He and won- then, <laughs> like two and, months and, ago. And two months ago, he, sends, he goes, Taylor, Taylor, I just I bought just- a Switch. And I go, how much did you pay? He goes, one ninety nine. And then just before I could answer, he goes... It's only fucking handheld. I'm Fuck like, this. Yeah, so he bought the, he ordered the Nintendo Switch Lite yeah. on accident. And then, like, I just said it before we started recording, you don't want to fucking haystack finding a full console yeah, Switch. Yeah, you got a one in a million shot, really. In a Target. Target. Um, so let Jerry bet on that. Yeah, exactly. Finding that. He'll take the odds. He'll, like, put, uh, <laughs> Plus, there's there's going to be two in this store, one in this store. There's going to be one after 6 p.m. in this store. Plus 80,000. Um, 80, put yeah. 10 bucks on it. We'll, we'll be talking about Jerry in just a minute. Uh, my week was fine. I The last two days, um, today and yesterday, I made a real ass of myself at, a, at work. Um, yesterday, one of my bosses is in the office. He travels to all the different offices, and he comes in to talk to me because they're telling me they're making me permanent, whatever. And... Um, when I go to sit at my desk, because I just got back to the office, I sit down right on a fucking thumbtack. Awesome. Right, I literally sit down and I go, "Oh my ass!" <laughs> and, he, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I turn around, he's like, "There's a thumbtack in there." And I'm like, "Yep." So there was oh, that. My ass. <laughs> literally, that was my first reaction. Usually, I say much worse things than that. It's like usually, "Fuck my ass." Oh, um, my is my go-to. And then today, I discovered the great truth of taco. Because I needed a pee bib, I was wearing oh, yeah. I was wearing uh, a t- I was wearing a tan suit, and I, I'd taken a piss, and then I'm like I put everything away, and I'm like oh fuck, I was like you there's dribble spot, there's dribble you? here, it was a couple spots, uh, I was like shit, um so outside of that uh, weekend was fine, uh, my mom finally met the landlord's parents, we had not had that coordinated properly yet, so they came over on Saturday, um watched the fights on Saturday, really cool having an afternoon card, we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, but we got a bunch of fun stuff today. Uh, today I'm going to be reviewing um, Zach De La Rocha's original band, Inside Out, Spiritual Surrender. And I'm reviewing uh, Tom Savini. Well, he's the guy that did it, maybe. But, yeah. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. Um, yeah, so we will see you guys in a minute. The remake. Yes. The You Watch, I Listen podcast starts now. 
Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. oh take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, Oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> a couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast. And always remember... Don't sniff it, just do it. But from like two feet out, and there was a group sure of did. kids behind us, and you just go, piss! <laughs> just yelling like, to her, I called her a bitch right in front of her tits, dude. <laughs> that was one of the funniest fucking things. And then like, I, and I yelled like worse things after that, because at one point, you and Kate were like, Dan, shut the fuck up. I, well, I, I was too busy laughing. Kate was trying to shut you up. And I, then the best part was every time you hit a putt, you would pelvic thrust. Yeah. Every time, like you like you were fucking Ace Ventura or something. Yeah. And every single time, you're like, oh, dude, from from seven feet out, yeah. Like, yeah, well, so you know stupid. what? Because I, I, the thing with mini golf with me is like the first like four holes, I'm fucking money. Like, I, I fuck, I'm great, and I'm like, I got this shit. And then after that, it's like I'm fucking Stephen Hawking playing fucking mini golf. And it's just all over the place. I'm fucking driving it for some reason. It's it's just bouncing back to me. It is literally like the scene in Happy Gilmore. I was going to say, the Happy Gilmore yeah, swing. Yeah, that's literally what it is. So, guys, uh, welcome to episode 125 of You Watch, I Listen. Um, got some cool stuff today. Um, so, the first thing I'm going to talk about, I just gave him a five-minute warning because we're going to be talking to him in just a second. So, good friend of the show. Uh, he was a guest just a few months ago. Um, our buddy Jerry, or Paranormal Base on Twitter. You may have seen him. He kind of went viral this week. Um, he placed a wild, wild bet on Thursday nights. Uh, Philadelphia, New York Giants at Philadelphia Eagles game. Now, I have the bet here just so I can uh, read this to you because we need to make sense of this. This is When I saw him place this bet, I think all of our first thoughts are like, no way he's fucking getting this bet because yeah, no it's fucking wild. So he placed a $100 bet on a same-game parlay. Sterling Shepard, anytime scorer. Boston Scott, touchdown, anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles money line. Carson Wentz over 247.5 passing yards. And perhaps the most important, the Carson Wentz first touchdown score. Yeah. So the game starts and Carson Wentz uh, get, gets a touchdown on a quarterback draw. So right away I'm like, all right, maybe he's got a chance here. So then I see Sterling Shepard scores a touchdown. I'm like, all right. Um, then I see um, Bo- Carson Wentz having a pretty good game throwing the ball. I'm like, all right. But the Giants are winning by 10 points or 11 points with uh, six minutes left. Yep. And I'm like, oh, he's not going to get this. And on top of that, he needed the Boston Scott touchdown. So then um, the Eagles come back. They get within four, I think it was. Yep. And then they drive down, and a touchdown pass with 40 seconds left goes to Boston Scott. So now all he needs is the Eagles to hold on and win. And at that point, I'm kind of like, holy shit, he's going to win this because Graham Gano, the Giants kicker, hurt himself on a kickoff earlier in the game. Yep. So even if you get into a range to tie it to go up um, to, you know, because they're down, the Giants are down three, no shot. But sure enough, the Eagles hold on and win, and I'm watching the game, and I'm just like, this motherfucker. Because he bet $100 at plus 46331 to win $46,430.94. ridiculous. So we're all texting each other at this point. I'm texting Jerry. Uh, I'm like, dude, holy shit. He's sending me the videos of him waking up his wife. And, <laughs> yeah. and Jerry before this had been having a very, very good betting season. I yeah. think he was up like 7000 on the year. Pretty damn good returns. He already yeah. had the file taxes on it. Yep. So he wins 46000 It goes viral. He bet his last 100 
$4, literally <laughs> feeding his kids on ramen and crackers for the last month because he's a degenerate. You could be up $7,000, but if you keep betting, you're not going to have $7,000 to provide yeah, for your family. how much do you think he cashed out, really? So, exactly. So, up $46,000. Wins $46,000. He's going viral everywhere. He's going to be on the Philadelphia Eagles pregame show this week, which is fucking crazy. This fucking jagoff from New York um, who now lives in our fucking dirty state. So um, we're going to get on the horn with Jerry, talk about his bet. So um, let's go over to Jerry Emer Paranormal underscore base on Twitter. Real piece of shit. All right, guys, we got um, our betting mastermind, uh, friend of the show, former guest, uh, Miami Dolphins diehard New York Mets diehard fan, Jerry Emer, Paranormal Base on Twitter. Jerry, first off, how you feeling, brother? What's up, bud? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I got to say, I'm having a pretty good week. Yeah, I would say so. You won $46 fucking thousand dollars on a $100 bet, you asshole. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy because it's, it's funny because I did that same bet. for uh, It was uh, a $10 bet, and I took out Carson Wentz over, and I took out the money line. So even on that bet, I only on top of that. So, okay, I got to ask you, were you just creating a bet to see how much you could win, or did you actually have confidence in specifically the Carson Wentz first touchdown and the Boston Scott t- anytime score? Because the Boston Scott one made a little bit of sense to me because he had killed the Giants. They had no real uh, threats in the re- backfield because of injuries. But h- where, how did you construct that bet? So... You know, I actually put a lot of thought into it, and I, uh, you know, Shocker. I felt like, all right, Boston Scott is five foot six. He's a little guy. You know, I didn't have any faith in the Giants' offense to score first, uh, uh, even if they won the toss, or you know, yeah, I, of course, I felt like the Eagles were going to score first, and, um, you know, if they got inside that five yard line, I didn't see them going to Scott. I, I felt like, you know, the Giants were going to plug those holes, and he's, you know, not the biggest guy in the world. Obviously, he's five foot six. I felt like the best option for them was to do, you know, a real Okay. Bounce out and try to score. So I had that scenario in my head, and I uh, felt pretty good about it. Okay, so um, I, when I was watching the game live, and I saw Carson Wentz score the first touchdown, I'd seen your bet at that point, and I'm like, all right, he must be feeling pretty good right now, because obviously you need that first domino to fall. So yeah, when when the Giants are up by, I believe it was uh, ten points it, with like six minutes left. Was it? It was even less than that. I guess it was six minutes left. Where is your confidence? I mean, it's only a hundred bucks. I mean, but it was your last hundred dollars, which is the big point here. Um, how horrified are you? Well, you know, at that point, it's a lost bet. You know, it's uh, it's I'm watching the game, and I'm like, wow, you know what? This was this was looking really good at first, and uh, now it doesn't. You know, I had completely given up that bet. Like that was, you know. And then you were gonna have to tell your wife in the morning you lost the last hundred dollars. Uh, you know, I would have tried to avoid that conversation. Uh, I would have said, you know, maybe I dropped it in the street or something like that. You know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Not sell her a gambling away. I would have just said I blew it on uh, crack. I'd rather say it, I blew it on a like an actual addiction. An actual. Addiction. I mean, that's a different story. You know, that's. Uh... Yeah, I mean, crack's much cheaper than a hundred dollars. By the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been having a pretty good betting season even before this. You were up like what seven grand on the year. Yeah, I was I was hitting I was hitting them pretty big. Uh, you know, 
uh, NBA Finals, I hit a, you know, I had one bet, uh, I had a fifty dollar bet parlay, and uh, everything hit. It was like, I want to say like an eight and nine leg parlay, and hit for twenty four hundred. Uh, and the big thing was it started with an Anthony Davis bucket, which was uh, he's always the favorite to score the first bucket of the game. So that was big. This is uh, like uncut. I, this is uncut gems. This is uncut gems. It's really what it is. Nobody likes lightning bets. <laughs> yeah. You're placing lightning bets with fucking bookies that look and sound exactly like Mike Francesa. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy because I had this, uh, um, so when, I think it was Thursday Night Football. Uh, Taylor, when did the Jets play the Broncos? Was that a Thursday Night Football game? Yeah, Yeah, it was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. Like three weeks ago. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was awful. So check this out. So it was that Thursday Night Football game. I had the same feeling that the Jets were going to get creative. I made three different parlays with Sam Darnold as, the first touchdown score. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the fucking run. That's uh, anybody man is saying. Okay, this guy's throwing away his money, you know. Because, but I felt like they were going to get creative. Sam Donald's finally, you know, he does like one rushing touchdown a year. I said they're going to try to get creative early. And then uh, I'm actually I was uh, dropping a deuce and uh, wasn't watching <laughs> the game. And my cousin texted me. He goes, "Oh, your parlay must be fucked." And I was like, well, "He must be fucked with that Sam Donald touchdown." I was like, "Wait." Wait, what did he just do? Did he just score to win? <laughs> I came back, I was like, oh my God, now I have all these scenarios. Uh, dude, dude so it, it, the one scenario I, I had was the, what's that? No, so dude, it wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't even like. It, it wasn't even like, like like a fucking keeper like Carson Wentz had. He fucking ran for yeah, like forty five yards. The, the real spread should have been how many tackles would the Broncos miss on that run? I, I would take the <laughs> over at four. Yeah, I think they missed at least four. God. So now you you got forty six thousand um, dollars. You you literally went from only a hundred dollars to your name, to your yeah. family's name, <laughs> to your daughter's names, to your wife's name, your household. Literally, you're about to take. Out a second mortgage, so now you got forty six thousand dollars. How much of that is going to taxes? Uh, eleven grand off the top. It's eleven grand. Okay, yeah, so I thought I, I honestly thought it'd be a little bit more, but that so that's awesome. That's actually not bad. So now we, I've uh, spoken to you about this, about you coming on like a weekly segment. You give us your hottest bets of the week. Um, I think we talked about it being called "I Bet You Listen." Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of it because, you know, you already got yeah. a fucking sponsorship from FanDuel, you fucking asshole. Yeah, dude, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's not, no, so, it's cool. yeah, dude, that's awesome. I, I I genuinely am very, very happy for you. Um, I do, uh, do want to say, like, from your parlays and the way you're betting, um, because I do follow a lot of, like, professional sports gamblers on Twitter, and sometimes they'll, they'll sell picks, they'll post their picks. Um, most big-time gamblers are all straight bets. They'll take, you know, they'll, they'll take the over for Carson Wentz, and they'll put ten grand on it. Yeah. And they'll just double their money. That's usually how it happens. What makes this so special, and I don't mean to blow smoke up your ass, but what makes this so special and a great story is that it's a long shot. Everyone loves the long shot, and the creativity yeah. of the bets is what makes it so you know, great and unique. And on top of that, you're winning a lot of these fucking bets, which is crazy to me because, like, anyone in their right fucking mind will will look at your parlays and say that dude this, is legit out of his fucking dude, mind. Dude, if you go look, because uh, Jerry, the other, yeah, wait, hold on, these are people that don't even fucking know you. Yeah, we know you. We know you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, you got to be out of your mind to be friend to be friends with us. I met this fucking asshole at a fucking Dolphins Jets tailgate. Um, you met him on I, a blog. Dude. I, I literally met him pretty much through the internet and then at a game. But um, so now you've kind of you went viral. Not kind of, you went viral. Hundred percent went viral. And, and 
on Twitter, so many people that are just fucking salty about you winning. Oh, he blew his last hundred dollars like it's oh, their I, business. I love it, dude. That no, was so I, great. I was uh, defending Jerry on Facebook because all these people are like, oh, what a, what a scumbag spending his family's last money. And it was some like fat fucking slob <laughs> with a septum piercing. And I was like, that's because you're not a winner. He's like, well, I consider taking care of my family uh, being a winner. And I was like, well, some people are born to win and some people are born to be adults with septum piercings. <laughs> and, and so, so have you got, oh so God. this is, when you win that much money, how many people besides, you know, me asking for a $10 Venmo for emotional support, which is great. How many people come to you actually asking for handouts now? Oh my God. Oh, I've gotten, I've gotten quite a few stop stories like, uh, and you know, I'm a very, I have a very bleeding heart. Like, you know, I'm very generous. And so it's hard to like read these things and just keep scrolling but you don't know who's trying to scam of course he probably does this to like everybody they all oh, this guy won big this guy won big let me go ask this guy and you know so i gotta kind of just ignore it but uh a lot of people have been asking me for money well I, you know it's so funny you said you don't know who's scamming i saw a thing today someone posted that like the homeless people in the streets asking for money right and usually uh, if you have like a buck I'll, I'll give them a buck if i have something you know fine and then my friend posted he's like i told him i didn't have any cash and then they handed this motherfucker a business card with their cash app info on it Dude, it's, <laughs> they're getting creative oh I'm, like, <laughs> so ridiculous. I'm like that's fucking funny so you got a lot of people asking for money how much uh, actual hate are you getting from people you know it's crazy not not at all i'm i got a lot a lot of love from random people that were like you know uh this is awesome this is so inspirational i love your story it's giving me hope you know i, I had people that are yeah, super depressed I, and saying that you know i know you told me about that one to me that I, i'm inspiring like depressed people out of depression <laughs> Actually, I I, I have I have one of the messages that you sent that someone uh, said to you. I'm not going to say their name, um, but you sent me like what someone said to you, and I sent you a ton of screenshots of uh, what people said. Hold on, where'd you send this to me? I don't remember where it was, but it was some dude that was definitely like suicidal um, in his life, talking about he saw your story, and my I, my reaction to it is far different than yours was. He said, "Bro, your story was a life changing one, man. I'm down with I was." A suicider, but man, after seeing this, there is life at the end of the tunnel. So I get why he's suicidal. He's illiterate. Um, and I, I I told Jerry what he should have said is tell him to kill himself because he will never win. <laughs> and, and Jerry goes, You'd be awesome. How am I gonna share this on my <laughs> it's you know, that's the thing. It's me, it's me being the scumbag, but no, really, that I, I get why some people that like you know they're down on their luck and maybe. Maybe they have an extra five, ten bucks to their name, and they're like, "How can I get a few extra hundred to make it through my my week, my month, whatever?" That's why they should be following you, because right now you're coming up in the green, fucking big time. Even before this bet, and so on top of that, how have your followers gone up on social media, specifically on Twitter, since this all went down? Twitter, I have over a thousand new followers, and a lot of them are diehard gamblers. So my uh, my my DMs are blowing up pretty pretty big you know every before every game and i try to answer literally everyone everyone i can because uh you Except know for me i'm not going to be post about any bigger bets that i do if i put 250 on a game or something like that i'm just i'm going to work on you know these five dollars micro bets yeah like mic mic micro bets yeah that, that i think can hit and that way you know it's like penny stocks one of these hits and i can share the wealth you know all these guys yeah yeah you know and it's it's, it's good for everybody you know 
So uh, I actually, Jerry, I, I actually, I followed your bet on the World Series tonight. Um, so on, on your parlay, I followed that tonight, and um, I'm gonna Venmo you if it doesn't hit. <laughs> and if it does hit, I'm also gonna Venmo you. So, <laughs> so Jerry, Jerry, I, I think a portion of the winnings deserve to go to Josh, and I'll explain to you why. No, no, no. No, sh- hold on. Wait, no, I'm, no, I'm ex- I, I agree because we need to actually point out Josh being very technologically um, inclined. But not being in this specific situation. So, Taylor, please tell this story. So, the whole reason, and th- th- I think part of it is because the Mets got new owners, the, the you know, so I think the whole world is thrown off. But mostly it's Josh's fault you've been winning, so you should really thank him. Yeah, it's true. Because when I put money on the Minnesota Twins to win just a game against... <laughs> Right against against the Yankees or whoever they play. Yeah, I can't just, just in, win a game just in the playoffs. Just win a game. Yeah, right. And I wasn't on this episode. I listened back, and Josh says, "What is Taylor taking advice from Jerry?" <laughs> yeah, and ever, and ever hold on. And ever since that day, you have been fucking <laughs> murdering it. That's dude. true. And and I remember I came back the next week and I said no because if I listened to Jerry, I would fucking win. Yeah, you Taylor's not having a great betting season. I, I've actually I, I've while Jerry's had the greatest week, I've had the worst betting week of my I, I'm like career. thrilled. Like I, I'm like pretty happy myself. I'm up like fourteen hundred dollars on the year. Just like slowly starting to dabble into it since the football season started. Yeah. I've been doing really well in MMA betting. Um, so that that's real. I'm, I've been doing great with MMA betting, which I'm thrilled about. Um, so what sport do you think you're best at betting on? Because obviously right now I would say football. Yeah, definitely football. Um, football, but I, I betted briefly on basketball. I probably only started betting basketball, I think, in the Western Conference Finals. Okay. When I really started with, with the Lakers. And... I think I won something, you know, a few hundred uh, on one game in the Western Conference Finals, but in the uh, game two as well. Okay. Uh huh. Twenty four hundred on the fifty dollar bet, but game what game was it? It was game four. Yeah. That Danny Green missed that wide open. Yep. It was game four or game five? Game, game four. four. He missed that wide open three. Yeah, it was game four. He missed that wide open three. If he hit that three, I would have won almost four grand. So on, I think it was a twenty dollar bet. So what's great about that is that not only did you lose your bet because of Danny Green, you're also a Lakers fan. Oh, God. <laughs> so he <laughs> fucked you twice. <laughs> Oh, big time. So, so do you have any uh, bets this coming football week uh, for week eight that you want to privy us to now, or do you wait till it creeps up a little bit closer, even if it's a Thursday night bet? Yeah, I usually wait till the the day of, and I start really punching the books and start like doing my research on matchups and stuff like that. And uh, I I don't have anything that stands out yet besides uh, the. who was it? The uh, Redskins play the Cowboys. Uh, that's the football team to you, sir. Yeah, the football oh, team. I'm, the I'm Cowboys sorry. play I'm the. Sorry. Uh, the Cowboys play the, Cowboys the Eagles. Play the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to dominate. The Cowboys are playing with the uh, no. third string quarterback and second string offensive line. So that's going to be a uh, yeah of a matchup. The the dude who's playing Cowboys uh, quarterback for the Cowboys he sounds like he's a quarterback from Don Bosco in Jersey his last name's like Viducci yeah. or something like it sounds like a Jersey it quarterback sounds, it sounds like he transferred from Bergen Catholic yeah, he wasn't yeah. getting enough playing time yeah exactly so yeah I'm pretty sure you're right on that yeah. one um, actually that game I'm gonna be uh, on TV for uh, the that, pregame Eagles pregame live that's on what NBC. I, that's just what I was gonna get to so you got an invite from NBC Sports Philadelphia to be on the Eagles pregame now they know you're a Dolphins fan right uh, yeah I mean I, I, 
I'm pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> if they don't. They don't think I'm an Eagles fan because I know they worded their. Uh, their yeah, they said th- this. This Eagles better. better yeah. I, I think they meant Eagles better as an Eagles. The Eagles. To- yeah, they didn't. They didn't try to say you were an Eagles I, fan. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm uh, gonna go neutral colors or who am I? Dolphins? No, dude, dude, dude. Do you, I knowing you, you already got a two a jersey, didn't you? I have three. <laughs> okay, so um, and they're the night games, so you should be wearing. If the Dolphins win, you should be wearing the two gear. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do that because. Uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? I got to ride I, my guy to him, man. I, I, I will say this, though. I think for, you know, for good karma, you should be buying some Eagles jersey, whether it's Wentz or Boston Scott, because they won you $46,000. fucking thousand dollars. should buy a T.O. jersey. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of driving to Philly and going to pick up a Boston Scott jersey, to be honest. Why? Why? You can't get it online? Well, I just I'm not that far from it, and uh, that's we'll true. Cheap I I yeah, <laughs> that's true. Cheap date out there, and plus I fucking I, I avoid Philadelphia at all costs. Um, yeah, I could do with that city burning to the ground after you won your money. <laughs> um, so, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, it wasn't really going anywhere. So you're gonna be on NBC Sports. Gonna be on uh the NBC Sports Philadelphia website, I believe. It's going to be on their, well, NBC's the channel. They're going to do a uh, so live, you're, stream, you're, live Zoom, whatever. Literally, you're going to be on television, on the internet. Um, this is your big moment. Um, how are you going to prepare because you look like shit? <laughs> uh, um, so the thing is, I'm going to try to do this new video shop app where it live video shops you and makes you look skinnier. <laughs> and we're going to see how it goes. Dude, just literally don't eat for the rest of the week. And uh, take some, some fucking um, uh, X-Lax, just shit it all out, eat a mint, crap out the booze, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, crap out the booze. Yeah. I, 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 need, I need about three weeks of that for that to work. So what was your, you posted a video of your you waking up your wife. What was her actual reaction to you saying, because you in your fucking New York accent, we just won $46,000. Yeah, dollars. <laughs> yeah, she... She was confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, what time did she have to she, be up? The, what time did she have to be up the next day? Well, I had to be up at four thirty. She had to be up at when the kids get up. But, oh, so yeah. I, fuck her. I told her when uh, Carson went scored that touchdown, she, and she went to bed, and I thought I said, you know, there's a chance we could win some good money tonight because, you know, that's that's the big part of the parlay right there. Yeah, that's and the big. I just left it at that, and then you know, she went to sleep, and I ran up the stairs, and she was very confused for about forty five minutes. That's fucking awesome, dude. So what's the first purchase? What's the first big purchase you're making with your winnings? Uh, I'm, I'm really trying to save this money, but uh, we, we right now we only have a sedan, our car, and we're going to have to turn that lease in soon. And you got so two kids. We might, we, we, yeah, we might end up getting uh, some kind of third-row seating car, you know, something big for the I could kids. totally see you driving a minivan. You should drive a minivan, Jerry. Like Terry oh, Crews. Yeah, that's, uh, like a Ford Windstar from 97. <laughs> yeah. She's got a VW bus. <laughs> Ooh. I would rather drive a VW bus than a Ford Windstar. Yeah, dude. So, uh, so Jerry. You bef- should buy a John Deere. Um, before we go, um, where can people find you for your sage betting advice? Uh, my Twitter account, paranormal underscore based. I'm, uh, I put, try to post all my parlays there. Uh, yesterday, I actually hit uh, my last chance parlay. I hit uh, my 10 minutes before the game. I made it up 
The first quarter, I picked the Rams. Second quarter, I picked the draw. Third quarter, I picked the Rams. And fourth quarter, I picked the Bears. And uh, it hit, and I won out of ten dollars. I won five hundred and eighty-four, I believe it was. And FanDuel posted on their Twitter. Yeah, I saw that today. So that's really cool. So you can find Jerry at on Twitter at paranormal underscore based. It's from his um, shitty DJing days. That's his name on there. But it's very it's very easy to remember. Um, he got most of his DJing skills from DJ Danny Duckets. Um, oh. So, <laughs> so um, we're going to be working in something with Jerry Weekly to give you guys betting advice because uh, this is your chance to, you know, bet small, win big. Um, Jerry, thanks for joining us. And again, congratulations, dude. We're going to have you back in, the sh- uh, in here with us very soon. Yeah, man. Congratulations. And make sure when you go follow Follow him on Twitter. You drop your fucking cash app and make sure that uh, you hound him. Yeah, fucking yeah. He'll, he'll send you money. You goddamn vultures. Oh, and one more thing. I, I'm going to have a gift for you guys. So I want you guys to pick out a uh, another microphone for the, the guests. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, order it. Uh, I'll send it to your house. No, we actually set it up now that um, it, it's good now. <laughs> it, we don't worry. That was just um, I, I found another stand, so it actually works well. So, yeah. um, but still, I'll, I'll let you do that anyway. He's offering to buy us a microphone, I Dan. I know. I'm sorry that I don't like taking charity, but I'm going to anyway. Um, it'll be great. We get it. We get it. We we tell him. Oh, it's it's three hundred dollars. We buy ourselves mics and stick him with that one. <laughs> he buys us microphones and then we call him garbage. It works. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. All right, Jerry. Thanks, dude. Congratulations again. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Later, bud. Later, brother. Later. All right. All right. Go ahead. Just tell me when we're back on the other one. And you just, you know. No, no, we're still going. Oh, we're still going? And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Don't ignore all that. So, um. <laughs> I might, I'll, I'll, I'm going to edit yeah, that out. Yeah, no, honestly, at this point, just should. fucking keep it. I like it. We were going to let Josh just fucking get creative with the editing of it, but dude, fuck it. We're here. Dude, it's a podcast. Yeah, we're, not, we're not on radio. Yeah, we're not professional. We have young Jim Jamie. We have, Jim we have, Sam. we have middle-aged Joshua. Hey. <laughs> well, we, 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 are, we are middle-aged now. Are we? No. We're, we're not, not young. No. No, we're not. Yeah, we're, we're closer to middle age than we are young. I don't know, man. Some people think. That, we're like, middle, middle that, young. Like, yeah. That like young is still in your thirties and like old is like it's, now well, seventy. That's right. You're lucky for you. You're still in your twenties. Like look at us. Like his hair's creeping back. My gut's creeping out. Yeah. It's everything's bad and it's not going to get better. Dude, the only thing that's happening is my hair's getting long. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. So again, thank you to Jerry. You can find his betting advice at pa- at paranormal underscore base on Twitter. Paranormal um, This is what you want, dude. Big Literally man. bet ten bucks following his bets. You can win fucking five hundred thousand, three thousand. I'm gonna give it a shot this week. Yeah, dude. I, I bet on his uh, world. He put ten bucks on his parlay for the World Series, and I, I put twenty. I could win eight hundred bucks. What, what, what What's, is the parlay? Um, Remind me. Asking. So the parlay for tonight. Because I, I don't think it's a coincidence that in the middle of, of talking to Jerry, that look, Fanduel sent me a fucking. So probably not. So uh, Manuel Margot to hit a home run. Okay. Tampa Bay Rays first half match. Uh, first half match betting. Um, Blake Snell over five and a half strikeouts and over eight runs in the game. That's more than fair, actually. Yeah, that's not a bad one for 20 bucks. so why not? Um, all right, Taylor, why don't we get into reviews? I think I'm going to go first because uh, we've been doing that, and this is only a 15-minute album. Um, yeah, it's quick. Which is really cool. Um, I, at first, I, it, since it's quick, I, I loved it. It was exactly what I want from a punk album. Um, hardcore, punk, whatever no, you want to call it. It's the same thing. It's a fucking, yeah, exactly. A conversation from last week. I felt like I was going back to like old shows where it was a bunch of punk bands I never heard of before. Nobody has a phone. Every song is a minute and a half to yeah. three minutes long. Tops, 
delete. Yeah, it's like here I am. I am angry. It's Everything is going fucking, on. It's a bunch of craziness. Yeah. You can't really fucking say. It's just cra- so the album is um uh inside out. No spiritual or a uh, spiritual surrender. Not no se- spiritual surrender. Um, Zach De La Rocha, lead singer of um uh, Rage Against the Machines, original band from 1990. I 1990. think was the album. Um, EP, whatever you want to call it. It's amazing when you're listening to this to think that he became one of the most iconic voices of the 90s because here his voice kind of sounds a dime a dozen for this yeah, genre. Yeah, it does. You could you can hear little bits of what he would become and his um it, it actually it reminded me a lot of our friend Dan Boyle because when he first started doing hardcore bands his screaming was very rough. Josh knows very well. It was raw. He would lose his voice for a week and now you hear it it's so refined. Yeah. He grew obviously as you grow up and your vocal cords strengthen like any kind of muscle does. I, I loved it. Every song I gave every song a five. I don't even need to look at it because so, it's fucking six song. I gave every song a five, and one of them I gave a six. So, so let, me, let me put it to you like this, right? This album, uh, this album by Inside Out came out in 1990. Okay. Fast forward two years later, what comes out? Rage Against the Machine's first album. Yep. Are you like th- that kind of turnaround? Like, especially like you're playing small clubs in LA where the, where the punk scene was really thriving at the time. Yeah. It was. I mean, like the two main cities. So it was going to be LA and New York. No matter what you, no matter what happens. Chicago is, I guess, the third. Chicago is big for the Midwest, but mm. if you look at it, it's really. L.A. and New York. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, two years later, Zachy De La Roche is one of the most, not even in the 90s, one, to me, one of the most iconic frontman of all time. Um, and one of the I most, would say, one of the one most of the, unique. At least from the 90s, for sure. One of the most unique individual he, voices. Obviously, that's why I said he's one of the voices of the 90s. And obviously one of the bigger uh, one of the bigger political voices at the yes. time. But it, um, that's, so that's the first song, uh, Burning Fight, was a five. It's a great rager of an open, opening track. Uh, undertone, five. It's a one minute and 40 second banger. Buy a Thread was my favorite song on it. I give that a fucking six. Um, it's it's intense. It's a lot of fun. Um, spiritual surrender. It's angry and it's awesome. Sacrifice is a five. Redemption is a five. You know, it, it's I, I was a little challenged with actually grading this one because it's only 15 minutes. Yes. And it's not like it's a crazy depth album. It's a punk album. I don't need that much to it. Make it fun. Make the music fun. I like the garage sound to it. Yeah, it's nice. It sounds like it was just a bunch of friends yeah. in their garage with a fucking uh, eight mixer and liter or a four track mixer yeah. and just fucking recording over each other, having fun with it. Um, you know, if you're a Rage Against the Machine fan, I strongly, strongly suggest going back and listening to Inside Out's No Spiritual Surrender just so you can see. The humble beginnings of what became one of the iconic voices of the '90s right. of all of our generation. Period. Because the the night and day difference in a two year span is dramatic. But if you like hardcore, punk, whatever you want to call it, this is a fucking banger. This gets a fucking six out of five. I fucking loved it. Oh yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. All right, so you gave me Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Uh, I had to ask you. Yeah, yeah. The Tom Savini 1990 remake that a lot of reasons it was made is because, and I've told you this, the, uh, the copyright got fucked up on the original Night of the Living Dead. So George Romero saw almost, almost no money from one of the biggest horror films of all time. Yeah, okay, so kind of shit. He worked with Savini on reworking the script, some ideas that he had that didn't really fit into the original, and uh, put it into this one until producers decided they wanted to change some things up. All right, so I don't know if I'm just burnt out, to be honest with you, okay. or what, whatever else is happening. Maybe I'm just not, I, I'm not really, never really been a Halloween guy, but sure. Um, it, it's a good movie for a remake. It's actually really good. For I, a remake, I, I, it's... I get what you were saying. Yeah. Definitely, there's a lot of credibility there. Um, I did like, 
like actually my favorite character was the guy Cooper, who's, who's oh what a bastard! He's such an asshole. That guy is so good. Yeah, he, he it's, it's instantly hateable. Oh, it, for his face even just yeah. he, he's so hateable. And Cooper was hateable in the original, but yeah. it was more timid. This one was straight up. I'm this motherfucker. Like, fuck you. By yeah. the way, like so, like he, he tries to, he smacks his wife in the face. Yeah. At one point, and it was just it's just bad acting. Oh yeah, it's, like, it's very overacted. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very overacted, which sometimes can be the charm of a movie like this because yeah. it's such an absurd premise, and it's a premise you know because it's a remake. Yeah. So at that point, just just hand it. The only one that isn't really over the top is Barbara and Ben, who yeah, Tony much. Todd, who's yeah. an amazing actor. Um, I, I do like that it takes place primarily inside the house, just and, like the original. Like, you know, I, I do like that. It doesn't really stray too much from the original source material. Um, there's a lot of good things going for it. I understand why people like it. Maybe it's just because I'm burnt out of, sure. uh, of horror and zombies in general. Um, but other than, uh, I forget, what was the black dude's name? Ben. I, ben. I kept wanting to say Mike. No. Like it was Ben. It. Uh, no, no. It's Ben, and he's uh, that's Tony Todd who plays the Candyman. Yeah. He's also the death figure in the Final Destination movies. Yeah, so he, I, I liked him a lot. He's he great. He was really cool. Um from the from the jump of the movie, I I, I kind of got annoyed with it because I hated the over the top the guys like like fuck like it's his sister and like, they're, they're so coming to get you Barbara. Well, it's the sister and a brother going up to try to like you Johnny know, and Barbara. Yeah, going to see like their mother's grave, visit their mother's yeah. grave and shit. And it's like ooh, they're gonna get you, which is Barbara. the classic thing too. Where they yeah. this one sped it up a little bit because nice. and they also kind of changed up how it was because in the original when he Johnny's fucking with her, yeah. he he's like you're still afraid of this place and there was no idea zombies. He was a kind of act like a zombie in this right. one and in the original it was just a, a zombie came up and attacked Barbara in this one I thought that was kind of cool the first thing you see is just an old man who looks like he got bit yeah, walking by walking away. he's like do you need and any then, help do you need any help and then you a know? good jump scare comes out with the first zombie that has great makeup on it oh yeah uh, you know obviously the, the production on this uh, you know it, it, it looks like it was made in the 90s yeah the, the, you know, the so makeup still looks good because it's makeup and I, the right. one that fucked me up when I was little was when all that shit's first going down and she thinks someone's coming to help and it's a zombie walking up and the suit rips off and you could see he had like open heart surgery and he's yeah. stapled still. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking gross. Yeah, no, it was definitely kind of messed up but uh, the one thing that was uh, wild to me was uh, how the brother died. Was like, he was trying to save his sister and the brother like just eats shit. Just like, just like the original, straight, gets his head cracked on the straight, tombstone. Straight million dollar baby. Yeah, yeah, literally. And, uh, but uh, all in all, I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty good remake. It's a pretty good movie. Um, I actually like Ben at the end, listening to the radio, trying to smoke, like smoking a cigarette after Fine. he shot like four and he times. finds the keys. He finds the keys. And yeah. then the big thing I had told you about is the twist on the end. First off, I love that they made Barbara not like completely um, helpless uh, damsel in distress. In this one, she points out one of the biggest things I've always thought in zombie movies is they're slow. Yeah. We can get around them. It's something that's never pointed out in any movie or show with all the slow zombies that they're that slow you can get around them. Yeah. She gets away, comes back to the house, and obviously in the original, Ben's the only survivor. In the original, Barbara gets pulled away by her brother who reanimated. Yeah. And so she comes back to the house and they cut down the door to the basement. And the first thing I'm thinking is like, fuck yeah, Ben survived. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's a zombie, which was a great twist on the classic ending where the real hero, again, ends up eating shit. Yeah. But then there's someone hiding in the base in the, the attic. Yep. And Cooper. Yeah, fucking the asshole. How great was that? Where he's like, you came back. Yeah. You came back. Pop. 
Yeah, I, it's like well because they had the shootout because uh, so like Cooper's daughter dies. She, yeah, re- Sarah. she reanimates and then she eats she eats her mom, mm-hmm. which was hilarious actually. Yeah. the way that the way that happened. And then Coop and Ben have a shootout because he wants to like, kill the daughter. Kill the ben daughter. Yeah, right. So then uh, Coop, you know, he gets shot like twice or three times and he hides in the attic. Uh, ben goes down to the basement. He's shot like two or three times. And then like j- just the way that that was actually a cool way to end it. That's a nice little twist. Um, and it, it, the other thing that she said. After she shot Cooper, yeah. she says another one for the fire, which is exactly what they say in the original when they shoot Ben when he's still alive. Yep. That's another one for the fire. So for me, I'm like, that is a good tip of the cap. The thing that I love is that it stayed true to the original while just taking slight um, liberties with it. Yeah, th- I the, mean, the, the couple blowing themselves up at the gas station. I thought oh, they awesome. did that great, just yeah. like the original, but they put a little twist on it. It was actually, like I said, so it, it's a good, it's good at being its own thing while staying true to what it, what Correct. the source material was. So. Um, for that alone, I'll give it a six. Okay, fair. Um, but but like, a good remake, a very good remake. Yeah, but uh, like I, I'm not, like I wouldn't go watch it again. Fair, fair. All right. So my pick for this week, um, we're not going to do anything supernatural. Thank we're you. not going to do anything that is uh, monsters or anything. Okay. It's one I actually watched last night that I had not watched in quite a while. Um, it came out I want to say in 2009, 2010. Um, uh, Vera Farmiga's in this, who was the love interest in The Departed. Uh-huh. Uh This movie's called Orphan. Orphan. Okay, so I, Josh, have you seen Orphan? Um, good fucking movie. Yeah. Um, so the whole premise of this movie is uh, Vera Farmiga and her um, her husband. They have two kids, one of whom is uh, deaf. They decide to adopt another child, a little girl named Esther. But sh- weird shit starts happening with Esther. I would call this more of like a psychological thriller yeah. than uh, along the lines of like almost like a seven kind of story than it is a straight up horror movie. Okay. This when this came out, dude, this was the shit when it came out, and it still holds up very, very well. Um, just watching it again last night, I was like, this is a great fucking movie. Um. <coughs> Great twist. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I got fucking food stuck in the back of my throat, and I've had it for like an hour. You know, sometimes when you get like food or cum stuck in the back of your throat? Uh, food, cum, no. Cum food? <laughs> come for a cocktail. <laughs> no, it's a kitchen toilet. <laughs> toilet kitchen. Anyone want a cup of coffee? Maybe take a shit? Maybe take a shit. Uh, just a good old-fashioned garlic bread butt shove. Um, so, yeah, my pick for you this week, it's a really... I wanted to give you something a little bit different, because I know you're in... As far as horror goes, you more like the, the mystery, psychological thriller than the, I do, the supernatural I do stuff. Yeah. So, good twist, good action, very good suspense in this movie, very good acting in this movie. Um, Orphan is the pick for this week. All right, cool. So for my pick this week is actually uh, it's a supergroup. Okay. So uh, the band is called Asia, the first supergroup. No, <laughs> uh, it's actually called uh, Woven War, W O V E N War. That's all one word, and uh, the album is self-titled, so it's Woven War. Woven okay. War. Um, so this group was formed from the members of As Lay Dying, and then they took right. the they took the singer from the band O Sleeper, and then they formed uh, Woven War. Okay. Um, Really, really, really good stuff. It's metal, but it's not a whole lot of screaming, which is nice. Uh, okay, Shane's I know role, what you're saying. Yeah, Shane's role in O Sleeper was the clean vocals, and I really wish, uh, as a band, O Sleeper would focus more on that because Shane's vocals are. Uh, fucking tremendous. I get what you're saying. And it's, it's like with Corey Taylor, where his screaming is great, but his singing voice is fucking next level. Is ridiculous. Uh, so it, it, this is it's pretty heavy. It's a bit progressive. It's a lot more melodic than what I'm than I'm what I'm used. When to did this come to. out? 2014. So this is right around the time when you know Lambesis went away. And you know, the uh, the rest of the band of Azalei Dying didn't really know what else to do, so they formed Woven War. It, again, 
everyone outside of the singer is as LA dying. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But now, obviously, they're back, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy this record. Um, I want to highlight the song The Mason. The Mason. As being one of my favorite songs that I've heard in a very long time. I was recently brought, this band was recently brought to my attention uh, within the last month. I didn't realize they existed. You've been doing that a lot lately, which I like. It's something that you found recently and then you give it to me and you've kind of hit home runs on them. So. Yeah, well, I mean, so I, it's because. Uh, as much as I like to consider myself a savant for a lot of things, there's so much shit out there. Though. It's hard to really pinpoint every little detail of every little thing. Of course, like I rem like the, the only time I heard of a supergroup happening where this similar thing happened was when uh, uh, Ian from Lost Profits, that fucking piece of shit, pedo, yeah, fucking asshole. Um, you know, took off, uh, went, took off for jail, took uh, off for prison, uh, went to prison, took and off then, for a kid's butt, and then, <laughs> and then Jeff from Thursday took over vocals for Lost okay. Profits, and but that nothing really came of that. Um, if I would have known, it was kind of around the same time too. If I would have known that Woven Ward was a possible substitute, I would have much preferred that. And it sucks that it, it took me six years to find this. But record. you found it. But it's uh, it's well, that was like it's that really a lot of the fun. band I'm forgetting the name of now that I was texting you. They only had one album, one with uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Dave Grohl, and John Paul Jones. Um, the, oh, them Crooked Vultures. Oh, that album is so fucking good. And yeah. that, that's a super group. That's definitely a super group. Yeah, it's just a three. Piece um, too. and it's so fucking good. It's how how can I get Queens of the Stone Age, Led Zeppelin, fucking Foo Fighters rolled into one? Um, great. So. I'm excited to listen to this. It's and I say, Josh, too, if, if you ever I feel have so a, inclined. I have, a, uh, I, I have a, a challenge for you. Yay. I like challenges. Uh, okay, so since you're going to give him a supergroup, I'm going to give you a supergroup. Yay. Asia. Uh, Asia. Asia. Is it's it Journey? A, no, it's a band that had one record. It was not really, you can't really call it a band. It was basically Dave Grohl and others. Uh, so Dave That's the name this, of the band. Dave had this project back in 2002, 2003 called Probot. Yes. Um, I, heard about, I heard about this. I, I know what you're talking about. He did some songs with, like there, like Lenny. Uh, Lenny. Lemmy. <laughs> Lemmy was on the album. Ozzy was on the Lenny album. Bru Lenny, 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 Lenny Bruce was there also. There were like, just a whole bunch of other like like titans of metal. He did yeah. a bunch of like a couple of different songs uh, with. Sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a self-titled thing. Uh, I'll look it up and I'll send it to you. Because sure. it's kind of like one of those off the beaten path things, but I remember listening to this. Like, gotta look, I gotta find it on YouTube, kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah, remember right. listening to this when I was younger and being like, "Yo, like this is the first time I realized." Dude, that I haven't listened to that. A fucking musical he, genius. He's the man. He's the fucking yeah. man. When you think well, about all the people he's worked with, so I mean, it's it's funny you say that. Like, he made like a collaboration record because he did something very similar when the uh, when Sound City came out. Yeah, he, you know, the, the constant was people from the Foo Fighters, Pat Smear, you know, uh, all these guys, and he would bring different people, and he brought the guy, uh, he brought Leaving. From Fear, he did the best song on that album is Rick Springfield. On Hell there. yeah! And then obviously you know, from Candy Cant with uh, Corey Taylor yep. on vocals. Yep. And uh, Rich uh, Rick Nielsen from fucking Cheap Trick on guitar. So underrated bad Cheap Trick. Absolutely. So wait, hold on. The uh, uh, Probot. Probot and the the name of the album is Probot. So just just some of the people that are on this album. You've got uh, Dave Grohl, uh, Max Cavalera. I got it right here on Spotify. Holy shit! Yeah, dude. Yo, dude. I forgot about this, Josh. I'm uh, gonna have to listen to this again. Mike Dean, Kurt Bretsch, Lee Dorian, Jack Whoa. Black, fucking yeah. Eric Wagner. Well, like. Jack, Jack Black makes sense considering he drummed for fucking Tenacious D yeah. on the first Yo, album. Is there a better name in in rock and roll than Lemmy Kilmeister? No, no, there there isn't uh, at all. So, um, Josh, 
You watched a movie continuing your streak this week. I did. Um, you watched uh, something I watched last week, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yes, the I The final did. in the Wes Craven's, uh, the last one he worked on as far as Nightmare on Elm Street goes. Yeah. So, you know, we talked a little bit about the premise of, of the movie last week. Uh, it follows Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy in the original uh, Nightmare. Can I, can I tell you, I went to go meet her at Chiller Theater yeah. a few years back, and I was so excited to meet her. And I saw her, I was like, oh, bitch is old. I don't want a picture. Because <laughs> she didn't look like Nancy no more. Because she still looked nice in New Nightmare. She did. But but I mean, that was, I mean, when I went to, that was, yeah, it had been at least 10, 20 years at that yeah. point. So you so, got to figure she was probably 18, 19 in She Nightmare. was really young. And then it was 10 years later. Great scream queen. Great scream yeah. queen. Um, so the, the, the movie follows her at, in her real life as a, uh, she works in TV now. She's yeah. not doing uh, movies anymore. Um, she has a nightmare. And in the nightmare, she's chased by the glove. Yeah, they're basically the dream is that like uh, from uh, Super Smash Brothers. The, yes, yes, that, just like that. <laughs> um, the, the dream is that they're making a new nightmare in Elm Street. Shows Freddy making his glove like almost like a prequel kind of thing. Yeah, except it's like a modernized glove. It looks more like a Terminator hand kind of. Yeah, and um, then the the hand goes nuts. It, it uh, on the set. It kills kill, a couple it, crew kills her husband and her kid disappears. Mm -hmm. They wake up and there's an earthquake going on. Yeah, um, and then just weird shit starts happening. Yeah. The sun. I want to mention the little kid in this movie is great. Yeah, he's awesome in this movie, and he's been in other things too. Mm -hmm. Um, go, keep going, Josh. I'm, I so, want to remember what he was in. Uh, so you know, stuff starts happening, things start getting weird, people start dying. Her, um, you know, she keeps having nightmares. The kids having nightmares. She calls the husband to. Oh yeah, home. he was Gage in the original Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and. On his drive home, the husband falls asleep in the car and gets killed by the glove. So because the whole premise is that glove, Wes Craven, the, the way Wes Craven actually came up with Nightmare on Elm Street was having nightmares about this guy that with claws for hands that was trying to kill him. And he said that he had, he left horror because he stopped having nightmares and suddenly he's having one about Freddy again. Mm -hmm. And like the earthquake in their house causes a slash that looks like the gloves, um, the, the claws from the glove. So now it's like because all these people want Freddy to come back, you get the nice meta reference of Robert Englund playing himself surprising her on a talk show as Freddy. Um, Freddy is manifesting himself because that was the whole premise in even Freddy versus Jason that people weren't afraid of Freddy anymore. That's why he couldn't hurt anyone. He couldn't come back. The fear or the excitement about Freddy manifested him in the real world, which is a very scream type thing because it's very meta. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, she goes and she meets with Wes Craven and he tells her, he gives her the idea that this is, um, it's basically like a demon. It's, uh, it's something that's been around for a long time, yeah. but um, he it manifested itself into the, the scripts of uh, the Nightmare movies. Yeah, and okay. Since the last nightmare movie had happened and it's been a while and people weren't thinking about it anymore, now it's starting to manifest itself in the real world again. Ah, um, interesting. It's a it's a really cool movie. It's, it sounds like an interesting concept. It, it doesn't get. It, it, I think amongst hardcore fans and horror fans, it's considered no worse than the third best in the series. Yeah. They don't really start getting bad until after five. Right. Um. Because like three is great, four is good, five is decent, and then they start getting kind of shitty. Yeah. But this one, I would say, is no worse than third best. It's my second favorite in the series. Um, and then the, the climax of the film is fucking great. When shit starts going down, I like how they, they even change Freddy's makeup a little bit. Yeah. And he was wearing the trench coat as opposed to just the Christmas sweater. And it's not the 
leather glove anymore. It's like lined in bones and shit. Yeah, it's it's a really cool just modernization of this classic character. And Robert England is so good. Mm-hmm. Like that's why it's so hard to recreate this characters because exactly. he, it, you know that was when he was really the first horror character that became a pop culture phenomenon. Like Leatherface, kinda. Uh, Jason only did because Freddy, because Freddy brought in the comedic elements. But there's no comedic element to this one. Yeah. And that was why the sequel started to suck. They started getting too silly. The kills started getting too silly. In the last one, he's doing a Wicked Witch of the West thing, riding a fucking broomstick <laughs> through someone's nightmare. I'm not. Even, I wish I was kidding. Yeah. He had a fucking uh, a hotline where you could call into Freddy. <laughs> he had an MTV show, Freddy's Nightmares. It was like literally he was everywhere. So it was cool to see them go back to the dark roots of the original. Um, you know, even how they ref when uh, the kid is watching the 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 movie, the original one, and that classic scene in the fucking school when she falls asleep of her friend in the body bag. It's just such a fucking good movie. Yeah. It's it for me. That's a five out of five. I love that movie. Yeah. Um. And again, Robert England fucking rules. He is so, one of the best. So, what's your last movie here for uh, Halloween? My last movie is the original Halloween. Very good. Uh, very good. Which will lead me right into what we watched this week. Um. I guess I'll go first. Uh. We'll say Borat because we're gonna talk about Borat a little bit. We all watch Borat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I watched the Saturday night the the one that I think besides the original Halloween two is the best sequel in the series. Halloween H two O from nineteen ninety seven. I want to say one. it's really good. It was cool. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Um. It, it definitely had all the tropes of the scream. And I know you did last summer. It's a little cheesy. Yeah. Um. The only thing it sucks that you notice in the the Halloween movies is the masks aren't nearly as good as they were in the first two. When because one and two two was supposed to take place right after one because yeah. it's in the hospital. So the mask isn't as good, but it's really cool. It all takes place pretty much in one place. Um, so I really like that one. Great ending that was then ruined by Halloween Resurrection, which was horrific with Buster Rhymes. <laughs> oh. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Um, the the, the <laughs> that, way the way that that's Braid's Buster Rhymes. Yeah, that that you saw that shit. In the, you saw that shit in the trailers. You didn't even yeah. see the movie because it was Trick or Treat, mother Halloween Resurrection. Um, the ending of Halloween H two O is so cool because she th- everyone thinks Michael's dead and they're taking him away, which she Jamie Lee Curtis's character has seen a hundred times. She holds the fucking ambulance driver at gunpoint, takes the ambulance herself and drives off with Michael and she's waiting in the back waiting for him to see him sit up and sure enough he's, he sits up. She crashes the fucking car so he gets ejected from it. Then she runs him the fuck over like off of, uh, Kareem and he gets pinned between the van and the truck. She goes up and they have this brother sister moment where they like touch hands and she's like this is my fucking brother and then she takes the fucking axe and cuts his fucking head off. Great ending. Halloween resurrection starts. She's in a mental institution because she found out that it wasn't actually Michael there. Somehow in the two minutes between her hijacking the fucking ambulance, Michael swapped the fucking the suit, the mask with one of the paramedics and broke his vocal box so he couldn't say anything. And she cut off the head of a paramedic. And then Michael Myers kills Laurie Strode. And then it's just a disaster. But Halloween H2O rules. Um, I watched uh, The Witch. I watch again. I, I I can't get enough of it. Every time I fucking watch it, it's better and better. Um, since last week, Hellraiser we did. Um, The Shining I watched because that's always one. Suspiria, which you would like a lot, the original Suspiria. Um, and Carrie watched the other night. The landlord never saw Carrie. Oh yeah. Um, so watch that, which is still fucking fantastic. Terrible remake from a few years ago. Real bad. Um, where they made her into a fucking Jedi. She was literally <laughs> lifting up cars. I was like, come on, dude. That's and awesome. Julianne Moore, who I usually love, was horrible in it. Um, and then uh, the movie. I'm 
I'm going to say right now is the best movie of the year is Aaron Sorkin's latest, uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix. First off, the fucking cast in that movie is fucking stupid. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, he's going to get nominated for an Oscar for it. Okay. Um, Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall on Succession, fantastic. Mark Reliance, who was the guy that created The Haven in um, Ready Player One, yeah. um, he, he's, he's amazing in it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the guy that played Nixon in Frost Nixon. Okay. The cast in this movie is fucking absurd. It is so good. It's some of Sorkin's best writing. It's the best courtroom drama since a few, a few Good Men. Yeah, and, and he wrote the, and he wrote movie. a few Good Men. Yeah, right. Um, it, it's so fucking good. Um, I'm still watching Community. I know you started watching Community, Josh. Right? How yep. deep did you get into it? Uh, I'm only about uh, three or four episodes. Okay, I'm um, pretty you deep. Love it. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, well, season one's great, but it doesn't really like for like fully take off and like find its form. Kind of like how it's always sunny. Great first season, but season two is when it just goes. Yeah. And takes off. off. Yeah. Um, so I've been watching Community. Um, and outside of that, I watched this great documentary about the 2000 election between Bush and Gore and specifically Florida. Yeah, you told called us about it. 537 votes. And I, you know, everyone remembers that if you were bo- or live during that. But I didn't remember or didn't realize how much the Elian Gonzalez thing had to do with that specific yeah. Florida being a swing state. Mm-hmm. And they go into so much depth into it. It's on HBO Max. Fucking fantastic. Fan fucking tastic. Yeah. What'd you watch today? Uh, I just watched Ford versus Ferrari for like the millionth time. <laughs> okay, but it, good choice. It's, but it's also cemented like firmly after like seeing it again. First time on like uh, first time I've seen it like all the way through, and I didn't stop like uh, no fall, no nothing, and I watched it again, and like, it's cemented as a top ten favorite movie of all time for me. Nice, I love that movie so fucking much. Very good, Josh. What else did you watch? Um, so end game. Yeah, no, <laughs> not, not this week. Uh, this so week. you know, Community, uh, New Nightmare. I watched uh, the Action Park documentary. Oh, it's on so, good. Max. so it was good. Really it's fucking so good. It's so fucking good. And like, it's funny to me living because you live in the right town. there. I live you, next you, door. You literally. could you could walk to the water park. I absolutely could. So to or to, hang out with Spooner. To watch the begin. Oh. I walk <laughs> to the water park. I've lived the there for five years, and I've hung out with Spooner three times. Two of the times have been like parties. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, I have, I've hung out with him either at my place or his place. Okay. Times. Like, gotcha. I've seen Spooner more than three times in the last five. I years. know, but hung out I with him. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's three uh, times too many. <laughs> um. So it's just weird to me seeing uh, people talk about how like Vernon could be the next uh, Orlando, I know. Where Disney World is, and I'm like. Here, I know Yo, it's it's crazy. The fuck you want to come here? Well, you got to think like in the eighties when like Wall Street was fucking booming yeah. and it was right outside the city. Yeah, I mean, dude, when you think back even further, West Melford was supposed to be fucking Six Flags. Yeah, that's fucking. Imagine like they literally wanted to put Great Adventure in West Melford. Yeah. How the bullet on that one, fucking Warner Brothers did. D- yeah, did they? Yeah. I mean, listen, it'd be great. You go on Nitro, you get some heroin. <laughs> or you do some heroin, you go on Nitro. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Either way, it's fine. Well, so, way. Oh, oh, so I, I, I forgot. I've watched uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, and I also started watching from 1993 uh, the original Animaniacs. After, oh, after, yes. after, yeah. after last good, week. Oh, I watched the video that you were talking about with the places that you, like U.S. can travel Oh, dude. How, f- so how did you watch that, too? Where yeah, it's, oh, they, it literally, it's, <laughs> it's like, dun 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 Mexico. Sudan. It's so fucking funny. So I, I, like, I, this is where I fucked up. I wrote a list of, like, really, really offensive adult jokes that were in that children's show. And oh, the my one, God. The only one I remember is from Pinky and the Brain. That makes was, sense. Where, uh, where, where Pinky's fucking around, he fucks something up, and Brain just looks at him and goes, Pinky, promise me something. 
Never breathe. <laughs> like in a children's show. Dude, like, that's it's awful. They got away with so many more things back it then. It was just it was just funny too. And like I'm not usually big on reaction channels on YouTube. I think they're fucking stupid. I hate reaction but videos the, usually. Uh, but the, like, there the, are exceptions. Like the one big one from uh it's uh the channel's called FBE and they had the creators of Animaniacs when they announced that they were bringing it back yeah, to yeah. Hulu and they uh you know they were reacting to kids reacting to to their cartoon like 10-year-olds watching cartoons from from the Sure, sure. Saying what it looked like, and all, and all uh, Rob Paulson, the guy who vo vo uh, voices Yako, was looking at the camera and goes, "How do these kids know these words?" It was like, you know, it's like breaking the fourth wall. These ten-year-olds are insane. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, how, like how they know these things already. Like, yeah, that was just cool. And then, like, obviously, revisiting Animaniacs has just been a lot of fun. Yeah, I, that's something I could see myself doing very soon. Um, all right, so we all watch Borat too. Um, your thoughts? Uh. I completely disagree with Quaz. Yeah, it was too, it when was he said it was phenomenal. too political, I'm like, dude, it's Borat. Like, it was always political. Was Maybe political you just first one. weren't as aware because I, I can understand someone coming from that point of view because the hypersensitivity to the world of politics right now with social media being a thing, it, it's you're so much more plugged in. And it, it is definitely laid on a little bit thicker here, but I expected that. Yeah. There's a reason he wanted to put it out before the election. But I agree. I, I fucking I fucking died. Died. I was fucking crying throughout the Dude, fucking what, movie. What he called him, Kenneth West. <laughs> Ken <laughs> Kenneth West, um, um, Mc McDonald Trump. Mm -hmm. When he said, Trump. he goes, I don't have my Michael the Mouse pajamas. <laughs> he said, Michael the Mouse. Um, there were just so many fucking points where I was fucking just in tears laughing. When he did the fucking fertility, fertility <laughs> dance, I was like, I knew exactly where they were going. I was like, oh no. When she's, and you know, I already see, I love seeing some of these conservatives. He just wants to uh, berate people and uh, ruin their lives. I was like, no. He, Sasha Baron Cohen has always given people the rope. Mm -hmm. It's up to them to hang themselves. Yeah. And in most situations, they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some situations where I thought the, the group of the Republican women look pretty good for themselves. The fucking girl's going up there talking about fucking dialing zero on her pink telephone because she goes in the bathroom and discovers that the book's a lie and fingers herself. And she goes, I put my finger in my cunt. And all those women, they couldn't react in a certain way. They were like very understanding. So I don't think they looked bad. It was just more of a reaction type thing. Um, I do agree with you. The Giuliani thing, it was obviously manipulated a certain way. Yeah. I still think he looked like a creep for the most oh, part. Oh, he definitely did. But yeah. like... Uh, ghoul, he's a ghoul. <laughs> he, he's, you know what, he, looks like, like, he looks like no Ferratu. <laughs> and he saved New York City. He saved New York oh, City. Oh, shut up. Uh, yeah, he did. Watching the scene. What did he do? Did he did he hold the buildings up? He no, did. he took the homeless people and he put them somewhere else. No, you're right. He, he didn't take down the homeless. He goes, hey, see that place case. over there? What? He didn't take down the whole mob in a Rico case. Well, to no, be fair, right. the crime got worse after the mafia got out. That's actually 100% true. Well, okay. uh, no, so... My inner Ben Shapiro. Oh, Show me on. your statistics. Show me your statistics. The one thing, and I'll back Taylor up on this, the one thing that you can say about Giuliani, you know, take 9-11 now. Sure, sure. He cleaned up New York City. Oh, he absolutely did. You know, Crime went down tremendously when he was gone, and it, it's rising now with De Blasio to pre yeah, it's, levels. Yeah. So you know he's still a ghoul. You have to you, <laughs> you have to awful. give him the credit for what he did, uh, but at the same time, so the way I watched the scene is you know he's just kind of being like that that weird creepy old man, weird old old man. man. yeah, you know, but like she's like putting her hand on his knee. Of course. And, like, he's not, like, reaching back and putting her, well, his hand did, on her hand, anything like that. Like, he patted her on the back at do that you wanna know what, Well, he also said he'd be willing to eat a bat with her. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's just, like, the stupid fucking Okay, but here, here's my big issue fucking... with it. Why was it so easy for someone with no actual credentials to get an interview with the top lawyer for the president of the United States? So, uh, I actually looked into that. 
Um, it's it's not. Yes, it's poo poo on them. Mm-hmm. It's a poo poo on a different organization too. She got press credentials through One America News. Well, the, that that was for a deleted scene. That wasn't no, for no, this no, one. No, no, that's that's how they got their press. Like oh, for, for all of it. For all of it. Because I know the one scene she has an interview. It's a deleted scene oh, with no. uh, Trump Jr. Not uh, One America News. Oh uh, yeah, no. One America News. She got they got their credentials. But um, I do know for a fact. I actually know some people that have texted Rudy Giuliani because mm-hmm. he's willing to talk with anyone. Yeah. Which is when the people are like I couldn't get uh, Russian disinformation or intelligence officers. You say yes to everyone, dude. <laughs> and why was his first reaction when Sasha? Baron come, Cohen comes in. Get your hands off your crumbs. She's only 15. She's too old for you. His first reaction wasn't, I didn't know she was 15. It's He said, why are you dressed like that? <laughs> like, And again, he's a married man. I love the line when he came in with the fucking mic, the boom mic, mm-hmm. that, um, uh, that you like marrying your cousin. Because he was married to his second cousin for 15 years, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Nope. That's fucking gross. Yeah. Welcome to West Melford, dude. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I loved it. I was fucking in tears. It had uh, I thought it had a little more heart than the first First one, the father-daughter relationship. Yeah. When he went to the fucking computer place, and just even like how he's FaceTiming, he's like, I have Ghost Brian in here. <laughs> yeah. then he, he looks up spit rose. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I like when he went to the costume store, stupid foreign reporter. <laughs> um, I, It was what I wanted. I I, 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 I actually really enjoyed, because like, it was like uh, his daughter ate the cupcake with like the plastic. Baby, oh on. my God. And it was just so funny, like the reveal, the pan to the guy, and it's like, Oh, this is like a Christian thing. Yeah, so I mean, dude. I was like, "How is it? It's me. I put the baby in her. I want to pleasure her." Is what he said. I want to pleasure my daughter. Well, like, we went behind I, dumpster, and I said, "Shh." <laughs> and you Our just, secret. And you just see this guy. Full, he wanted to like, puke, dude. Like full Mike Myers on live TV. George Bush does not like black people. Panic. Like well, just, it, it made me think about in Borat when he goes to that one pol- the original one when he goes to the one politician and he gives him uh what whatever the fuck it was he tells him it's made from his wife's breast milk mm-hmm. and his face is like mm-hmm, like he's about <laughs> yeah. to throw up. And this guy it. looked like he wanted to puke. He's like, not only are you asking me for an abortion, you're her father. And you knocked her up, even though that's obviously not what they were talking about. Right. Um, just it's crazy how quickly I love the scene when he went to the the synagogue. Um, I thought that was handled very, very well. He goes in there like looking like straight up Nazi propaganda. <laughs> he, he's like reaching out to touch her and he has claws. <laughs> and it was I, I watched it twice. I was I was fucking crying both times. He is one of the the great comedic talents of all time. And whether you fucking hate that because now all of a sudden the fucking part Party of calling people snowflakes are all fucking offended, but a liberal posts a video of them crying about Trump and they fucking have fodder for fucking days. Oh, yeah. That's what's so fucking funny. I, I still think it's cool that we were talking about that Dr. Fauci, what's he gonna do? Chop them up like the dude. When I whatever. saw that, when I first and saw then, that, and then they put it and then it was actually in the movie. Like we've been talking about that for what, months. When I saw that and I sent it to you guys, I was like, what is he working on? I just figured it was for Who Is America season two. Yeah. I thought he, those two guys that he was living with, they let him live with him for two weeks. They didn't look like bad guys. They look like guys that social media companies take advantage of with their algorithms. The way they were talking about the QAnon stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But they acted like they were his friends. He literally let this fucking foreigner live with them for two weeks. They're not bad guys. So I don't think he was completely unfair to some people. No, he wasn't. A lot of these people just hung themselves. Dude, I do like... Michael Penis! (laughs) I do like that he's like, is that the coronavirus? And he's hit it with a pan. Oh, dude. The virus? The the virus. virus. Oh, I was fucking just howling at somebody. He's in his fucking underpants. Um, (laughs) Um, and then they do the fucking they 
got rid of the running of the Jew, and then they're doing uh, it, who was it? It was uh, Trump and uh, who who else? Fauci was one of the yeah, fucking Fauci things. Was one, yeah. Oh, just I, I I fucking loved it. I I don't want to spoil the movie because I think everyone I, should I think have a chance. Everyone to watch at this it. point might have seen it. But like the, the like at the end when you realize that he's the one who was spreading the coronavirus. Everywhere. Oh, dude, that was so fucking. I was so and Tom Hanks. <laughs> I couldn't believe Yo, Tom I lo- Hanks in it was great. I, that Tom Hanks he got coronavirus from Borat. <laughs> I fucking so, lost it. I love that even when he at the beginning when he wanted um, Asmat, his guy from last year, he was sitting on a chair made of him and had a fucking little <laughs> dick. <laughs> I fucking lost it, but we all love Borat too. Um, all right, uh, just some news here before we go into some other conversations. Uh, Creed three is in pre-production right now. Nice um, pre-writing, I guess. And you know who's rumored to direct it? Who? Michael B. Jordan. They're apparently he wants to direct it. Good for him. Which would be following in the footsteps of Stallone in the Rocky movies because he didn't direct the first one. He wrote it, obviously. Then he directed all of them after, thanks for Rocky Five. Um, yeah. uh, but, I mean, if you, listen, he made all the Rocky movies. If only one of them's a dud in Rocky Five, yeah. that's pretty fucking good. So I, want, I love when I see actors get behind the camera, especially if he's directing himself. Because I really like Creed 2, but it wasn't... I still like the first one more. I thought some shit in Creed 2 was amazing. Well, I just... I just That's one of the most optimal movie viewing experiences I've ever had. What? Was, watching was Creed? You and me Oh, I was Creed. shadow boxing? shadow boxing. Like, like the final fight, you could have sworn it was a real HBO pay-per-view. <laughs> Dude, I and was so into up, it. Like, literally, every time he would get hit, it's in slow motion, it's all cinematic, and Dan's doing the... Oh! Yeah, I, like oh, he's oh, fucking I'm, Joe Rogan, and oh, he's up dude. and he's shadow boxing. And then I remember because the landlord and her friend were outside, like talking or something. Yes. And I remember she comes in, and goes, "What is happening?" And then she sees that it's the fight on TV. She, is this a movie or a real fight? Dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, it definitely was a movie because it had like multiple like camera angles zooming in slow motion and shit. I I really enjoyed Creed two. Oh, I loved it. I loved I, it. I, still. I I do agree with you. Creed one to me just was, felt it was more compe- more compelling. Yeah, and then but I I do like that you know like there's actual closure with I, with Ivan. Yeah, I, I love because Dra- Rocky Four like, is you know, my favorite. Like, like, like him throwing in the towel at the end, just okay. That storyline's yeah, finally done. Yeah. I loved it. Um, the other news this week is that Zack Snyder's bringing in Jared Leto to play Joker in his uh, Snyder cut. Is he just trying to do everything he can to get people into this? So yes. Um, I don't know if you saw my tweet. I did. I didn't know the context of it, but I saw your tweet. Did you look into it after? No, I did not because so, I'm, I'm tired of Jared Leto's shit. So I, I, <laughs> my thoughts on Jared Leto are the same as yours. Yeah. Uh, this is well established. Um, I hated when I initially saw the, he's got the grills. and he's Damaged, got the, tattooed the, the across tattoo. his forehead. The smiley so, face tattoo. So the reason why all of that uh happened is you never know, learned about it because nobody, it never made it into a movie. Nobody ever talked about it until uh, what's the guy that directed Suicide Squad? David Ayer? David Ayer, yeah. Uh, he started tweeting about like his story details and tweeting out stuff that he was writing. The reason why Joker looked like that is because Batman punched the teeth out of his mouth after he killed Jason Todd. Okay, and, and I, I make sense. The, throughout the, the grill movie, didn't bother me as much as the tattoos. So, and the reason for the the J tattoo on his face is because he carved J into Jason Todd's. Okay, face. so they could have gotten darker and more violent with it, right? But wh- why? Okay, then why does he have damage tattoo on his forehead? He got that after ba- Batman broke his teeth out of his mouth. So he bro- got. Damage. Ta- okay. Yeah. Even then, I don't like the tattoo damage. Yeah. It's just I'm, I'm not crazy about it, but like if at least like to there's a sensibility to it. There's if a you sens- explained it, like yeah. like I could be like, all know? right, I don't have to like it, but it kind of makes sense rather than him just being like this dude who decided he's gonna get a bunch of like he's fucking like a gangster post Malone. Yeah. The 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 J tattoo at least seems like like that like seems sensible. The grill the grill didn't bother me as no. much as the tattoo, and I hated the fucking hand tattoo. I was gonna ask. So is there any backstory on the hand? Part? No. Nothing. Just no. That's just I, it didn't make. Any 
any sense when he smiles already. It's, it's what he's known for, the Joker smile and laugh. Well, especially, like, if you give him those grills, you're trying to do a different take on the Joker. Why have him cover his, like, when he, like, he, the initial shot on the trailer of him zoomed in is, like, I'm not going to, like, uh, you know, I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. Yeah. Like, again, sold me there because that looked really fucking cool, like a really different take on the Joker. So why would, it just seems counterproductive to give him this w- wicked fucking smile. I don't think they and have him cover his mouth I don't think they knew tattoo. what kind of Joker they wanted because he was he tried doing some Heath Ledger shit he tried doing some Jack Nicholson shit and then he tried doing some get Richard die trying shit get Richard die trying that's literally what it was like I, I didn't like he's like uh, he he owns he's a fucking proprietor of a fucking club like he's fucking Silvio Dante like it just Suicide Squad just did not work on any level they tried to make what, him Scarface too yeah actually. it was fucking dumb um next thing I have here is uh how did you listen to the entire Joe Rogan Kanye yes I was done after 40 minutes. It was, I, I told you. What did it, I say? He, and then to see people that are still defending him, like he's what every college freshman who takes like shrooms for the first time and thinks they become like enlightened. That's what Kanye sounds like. I don't think his his views are coming from a place of like ill. I just think that he he does he also was highly medicated. Well, he was that's like, the first thing I was I I asked you about was because when you see him and you see him in the chair, the one giveaway to me was that I mean like he's got hands in his pockets, he's very calm, but he has a hard time looking at Joe. Yeah, he looks he's like he's on. Um, down. I would say he's probably he's definitely on Xanax. I would say it looks like he's on an antidepressant, maybe an antipsychotic. Just the behaviors and the mannerisms where he was speaking. Like there was a point I timed it. It was 13 minutes and 52 seconds where Kanye spoke without Rogan getting a word in. So was this the part when they was talking about the church and having yeah. hundred thousand people building the stadium? Which to me is a very I, I like the idea. Oh, I love the idea. But think- coming out of Kanye's mouth sounds he's a visionary. Crazy. He's not a guy that articulates what he wants. Obviously. Obviously, if you look at his Twitter account on a random night, he doesn't articulate what he wants very much, very well. Um, he's a visionary kind of guy. Did you see what he tweeted at Jennifer Aniston? No, what? No, it was actually really funny. It was like, you know, the Kanye, oh, about the friends, Kanye, about the Kanye friends. stuff wasn't funny and neither was friends. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw that. I was just expecting so much more, but uh, Josh, um, you need to listen to Joe Rogan on your way home, the episode that was just posted today. Oh, dude. Um, it's comedian Tim Dillon uh, with um, uh, Alex Jones. Um, and Alex, uh, Alex, Alex's voice sounds horrible. Like, Does you know, he, he, he kind of always talk like this. Now it's kind of like that. Like his voice, like you'll notice, it got a little better as it went up early on. It sounds like he's been smoking two packs of more breads a day. Does he sound like he's an NPC in Red Dead 2? Uh, yeah, kinda, kinda. Um, uh, but it, I only listened about forty minutes of it, and I was fucking crying I, again. I, I didn't even know they po- like. I only knew because I was creeping on you before I. Yeah, I he got house. here when I was home, and he's like took a picture of me just sitting there playing Madden. I have it up on the screen, and um, yeah, I, I walk fifteen up, minutes in, I was fucking sold on it. Dude, I was like, yep. I walk, I walk, I walk like by the back, by the, the car window, and I fucking and I look in, and all I see is Alex Jones just like screaming, but I don't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, um, like he's oh going God. on a rant at one point where he's just jumping from one thing to the other. And then Joe just goes, "All right, Alex, are the frogs gay?" <laughs> I, I so do. I it's do, a three-hour episode, which I, is exactly what I wanted. I do enjoy that Joe does egg him on because he does know it's very. Oh, good content. for sure, for sure. It is one of my favorite things. Like he does it with Bill Burr a lot. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's a good listen so far. Um, all right. The next thing I have before we go into the the tracking of the Week One Weight Loss Challenge, uh, we had UFC two fifty UFC two fifty four over the weekend. A uh, really really good card. Um, main event obviously highlighted by uh, Habib versus. Versus Justin Gaethje, um, uh, a, 
a total and complete master class from Habib, which I need to mention this at one point. Two of the three judges scored the first round for Gaethje. I don't, um, I don't know how, to uh, be I with you. Don't, the leg kicks, I guess, but I, I was rooting for Gaethje, and I didn't score it for so, him. So here's the thing. So I, I was playing uh, FIFA the other day with a, with a bunch of friends of mine that also okay. watched the fight, and my buddy Eric literally said to me, he goes, you know, it's only the first, it's only the second time Gaethje's ever lost a round. I go, what are you talking about? You mean about? Habib? Khabib? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's only the first, second time he's ever lost a round. I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Gaethje actually won the first round. Yeah, I he go, did, Bull fucking shit. And then exactly, I looked at the scores card, and I go, how are these uh, fucking people? I don't know how. Watch that um, fight and say he won the first I, I round. I mean, Khabib outlanded him on the feet. He took him down at the end. He almost had him an arm bar in the last seconds. Dude, the, the stat was there. Yeah. It literally said 31 significant strikes to six. Yeah, I, I did not understand that at all. I thought it was pretty clear cut. Um, and then the second round, you know, he comes out, takes him down, uh, goes for the arm bar, switches to the triangle from mount position Seamlessly. beautifully. Um, no, it's crazy. I don't know if you saw that. He said, uh, D- Cormier said after, or he said on Ariel Hawani's show yesterday that uh, Khabib switched to the the triangle because he had, he saw an interview with Gaethje where he said that he won't tap out to anything um, and he didn't want to hurt him in front of his parents because if he wouldn't tap out to an arm bar, Khabib's like, I'd snap it. So he, he consciously, in the middle of a fight, rather than just take the submission that was there, switched to a triangle so she, he wouldn't permanently injure their, the, this guy, these parents' son right in front of him. Well, that was, uh, that he even said it in the post fight, in, uh, Gaethje said in the post of an interview because the best part of getting choked out you're not really hurt yeah and uh, you know it's even crazier when you look at the fact that Khabib broke and he his did he, tap yeah he, he did and I, I don't know what it. the ref saw Missed but um, I, I Khabib broke his foot three weeks ago he had the fucking mumps during training camp and he still puts on that kind of performance and just like I told you there was a chance he retired after yeah, and catch. sure enough he did Um, I, I thought he would fight maybe one more time but I had it in my head that he may retire Um, you know which brought into uh, to view the conversation we started having last last week about where he ranks among the greatest of all time. And I always hate when this happens because it it almost comes off like you're diminishing uh, a legendary fighter with this amazing legacy because his run has been incredible. He's only lost two rounds in his UFC career, whether you agree with that first round or not. He technically lost it. No, he did. Um, I still think he lost the Gleason T-Bow fight, but it's a moot moot point. And it wasn't like a a complete robbery, but regardless... um, Four title defenses. I, I can't put. Him, I, I still can't put him in the same conversation. And it sucks because this guy who has this amazing legacy, twenty nine and zero. Um, you know he's still going to be an enigma about where he ranks because if someone comes along and they have five title defenses, there are there's instantly a better lightweight all time. I I understand that, but you look at the undefeated record speaks. Of course, speaks big. Well, then if you look at the undefeated record, you have to look at the level of competition because no, there's been guys that, that have come into the UFC nineteen and zero, twenty and zero, well, and then you look at their where their opponents had a combined record of like forty or like twenty nine and thirty seven. So, so before you beat me to it, the, the highest level of opponents that, could, for my money, that Habib has fought has been his last his three last fights, three, and which has been Connor, uh, Poirier, Poirier, and Justin Gaethje. Yeah, and, I mean, listen, Michael, and he submitted all three of them. And listen, Michael Johnson's no slouch. Michael Johnson, Edson Barbosa's no slouch. Right. He's he's fought but, some but great if, guys. But if you look at real, uh, real fucking like championship caliber fighters, yeah. not saying Michael Johnson's not that no, guy. No, of course. He's he's only, He's, he's, a, he's a, a gatekeeper. He's always been a fringe gatekeeper. But yeah. if you look at it like like now, like if you like Poirier Connor is the fight at 155 for yeah. the title, in my opinion. I'm gonna give you but, my opinion on what they should but do. But I, I don't know why I'm popping, but I, for my money, uh I at minimum I would put uh Habib at maybe nine or ten all time. Um I 
I, I'd have to really like he's break it down. He's at the bottom of the yeah, list. Yeah, it's just four. Is what I'm four, saying. I, this is where I w- this is what I would say about him. I can't call him the greatest of all time, but I can say he is probably the most dominant champion I've ever seen when it comes to just how he beats his opponents. I would be fine with that as a statement, which is yeah, a, that, that sounds and fair. it's just a shame because uh, it's a shame and it's kind of a blessing at the same time because what if Anderson Silva retired before the first Chris Weidman fight when he got knocked out fine when he finally lost? Yeah, right. Um, what if George St. Pierre never lost to Matt Serra? I think we'd be having a completely different conversation here. Yeah. Uh, what if Fedor hung it up before the Fabricio Verdum fight and he didn't keep fighting? There's a million conversations you could have in this regard. Where does Henry Cejudo rank, two division champion? Um, you know, Daniel Cormier, two division champion. For me, it still starts and ends, no matter what you think of them, the accusation, or the, the, the positive tests, the scandals, there's no one with a better resume with 15 championships to his name than John Bones Jones. Yes, I'm facts. sorry. When you look at who he's beat, beats Mauricio Shogun Hua to win the title, one of the greatest I, champions I of all time. Was he 22 years old? 22 years old. Um, before that, you know, beat a really good fighter in Stefan Bonner. He was beating Matt Hamill. He beat Brendan Vera. And then, you know, he goes on this run. Leota Machida, Rampage Jackson, Vitor, Juiced Up Vitor, Tor Belfort, um, uh, Gustafson, Cormier twice. Uh, I, I just don't think you can compare anyone to that. And, and if someone wants to say, well, he lost to Dominic Reyes. Well, okay, he didn't lose. You could say that you thought he lost, but that, again, doesn't diminish well, what he did before that. He was untouched. So you beat me You beat me to it. But So, like, people will would still argue, and it's silly at this sure. point, that he lost to Gustafson, which he didn't. And mm-hmm. I thought at the time he did, and that he lost to Dominic Reyes, oh, which yeah. he definitely didn't. Okay, and he and you could argue that he lost both those fights fine. He fucking destroyed Gustafson the in the rematch. Time. Yeah, it wasn't even and fair. Reyes got creamed in his next fucking <laughs> fight. So for mm-hmm. me, it still starts and ends with John Jones. People are completely glossing over the name of Jose Aldo as an all-time great in the which run is, he went on. Which is fucking crazy. Uh, Demetrius dude. Johnson, you know, and then for me, it's to me, Fedor is still probably the greatest because of how long he did it at a division where he was undersized fighting guys much bigger than him. The fact that in this sport where it's so easy to get knocked out, that didn't even happen to him. Even if the competition wasn't the same, but you look at it, he beat Krokop on the feet when everyone said he had to take him down. He beat Nogara on the ground when everyone said he had to keep it standing. To me, it's still like Fedor, Anderson... I might go George Anderson, Anderson George. It's like one, 2A, 2B kind of thing. Um, Jose Aldo. I would be comfortable if I really broke it down with Khabib at five, um, just when I think about it, because it's one of the most competitive weight classes in the sport when wait, you think uh, about how the belt has flip-flopped through the years. Oh, wait, wait you're talking about the 155 specifically. Just no, in general, greatest of all time. I'd be comfortable with him at five. I, I think so, you can make an argument for it, because that weight class has flip-flopped so much from yes. when BJ Penn was champion, and then you had... Uh, uh, for, uh, Frankie Edgar wins it, and then Ben Henderson wins it, and then um, uh, who who beat him? Uh, uh, Anthony Pettis beats him. Yeah, it, it, he loses, bounce, it bounced around. He a lot, loses the yeah. title to Rafael dos Anjos. Dos Anjos loses it to Eddie Alvarez. And then so, Alvarez lost to McGregor. To McGregor, and then you know that's what I mean. Like when you, lost to Habib it's, it's one of the most do, most the, the most competitive weight classes. I'd be comfortable with putting Khabib there, but it, it, I can't put him at the top two, three of all time. No one gets above Fedor Anderson GSP until they. Get what, about, what about John? Well, I'm sorry, John's John, John in That's the why I got John, sorry, John Fedor. George Anderson, I think is comfortable. I put Khabib at five. Um, but speaking of Anderson, his last fight is this weekend, supposed last fight <laughs> against Uriah Hall. Um, he That's sounds a like scary fight. 
I he's the underdog. Put money on it because Uriah Hall, he's a very talented guy, but he is he doesn't have the mind for this game. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. If his if his mental fortitude was up to his athletic prowess, I think he'd be a much better fighter, he but it's just not of, there. He still is one of the scariest knockouts I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. But I mean Anderson has like seven of those kind of knockouts, know, <laughs> which is it's crazy. Front um kick. you know, you gotta worry about his legs, and Anderson's last fight was Jared Cannonier, where he broke his leg again. Um but I think Anderson's gonna go out there and have fun, and that's when he's dangerous. And he goes to get knocked out easier, but um, Uriah Hall, he's got a a weak trigger finger. He doesn't pull the trigger when he should, so, um, you know, I'm really excited. Anderson is my my favorite fighter of all time, and he has been for fucking... Josh, how long has Anderson been my favorite fighter now? Like 10, 15 years? More than that. Um, It's uh, it's gonna be you know he obviously isn't in the same game a guy he's one in six in his last seven with one no contest in there, um, although he should have won the decision over Michael Bisping. Um, regardless, uh, it's gonna be really cool to see him go out and I hope he goes out um, with a win. I'll be very upset if he doesn't. I at least hope it's competitive if he loses. Right. Like a decision, I'd be fine with. I do not want to see him get knocked out for his last fight. Yeah, I don't. I've either. had to see too many of my favorite fighters do that. Um, all right, guys, let's weigh in. <laughs> Um, so last week we kicked off. Before we weigh in, I want to talk about the the prizes and the. Um, it's not a punishment, but it's a, a bargain here. So I had two ideas for the 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 prize for whoever the biggest whoever loses the most weight. My first idea was whoever loses more weight week to week, um, whoever lost less weight, we'll say week to week, puts five or ten dollars in a pot. We track it, right? Oh, it's like free parking in Monopoly. Exactly. So um, each week, five to ten bucks goes into it. Whoever lost less weight um, puts it in there. Now, that's great. If you gained weight, you're going to put that money in there and an extra dollar for every pound you gained. The winner at the end gets the money. That's my first idea. That's actually fair. I like my, that. My second idea, and maybe we could even just parlay these into one fucking prize, is whoever wins, we're, we're going to have a blow up because if you earned it, I think you deserve it. Go to dinner of your choice where the loser and myself pay for the bill. Okay. I think both those would be I fair. I actually like both of them. I like both of them too. So are we in agreement so, here? Actually, so, well, well, that's what it should be. Whoever wins... Or no, actually no. The way, however you said. Okay, so whoever so, you so the money and then and then they buy you dinner. Yeah, that that's fine. So um, so if you lose five pounds and he loses three, you put. Would you want five or ten bucks weekly? Uh, we'll do five. Five, five, five bucks each week. You don't even, you don't even have to put. Rich. You don't even have to put it in right away. Not fucking Jerry Emer. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We won't even have to put it in right away. I'll keep track of it. I'll write down the weight was lost and we'll put five, five. We'll add it up. Um, and then we'll do a blow up dinner at the end of it. So, um, Taylor, you want to go first? Yeah. Last week you weighed in. On our scale at 413. It's actually funny because Jerry even set up like a bookie. 11 grand off the top. Yeah, exactly. So 413 was your weight last week. That's the state's uh, big. Um, so let's see what you're in at this week. Um, you've been practicing keto besides one little slip up last night when you had sushi. I, I need a light. I can't see. Uh, Josh, can you provide a... Uh, hold on. Let's see if my flashlight can make it over there. Well, it's under four. What does it say? It does... Bullshit. What does it say? 390.3. Josh? 390.3. All right, I think we have a scale problem because that's not humanly possible. Did you read it right last week? Did it maybe say 403? Why would I say 413? I don't know. You want to fucking hate yourself more? Probably. What is do it again. Put it, da- for cunt. put it Put it down again and do it again. And Let me do it in the light. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, 390.5. Okay. Then we're going to we're going to um ha- uh, fuck you. Josh, let, no wait. Jo- Josh, let's <laughs> see fuck your you. I lost 20 pounds. Josh, let's see your weight. Woo! 
It's going to be great when you gain weight next week. You got to put more money. Watch next week. It says you gained 20. You got to put $25 in. <laughs> Josh, let's see yours. And then we could figure out here if it says uh, a dramatic difference. Yeah, dude, it's saying 277 for me. Woo! 20 and I gained fucking no Well, you had White Castle last night. I had two burgers. All right, so we're going to... But this is what's going to be great about this. As long as you're eating healthy, you're going to lose weight. There's and, no fucking way that so, I... Hold on, I oh, okay, listen. So, real talk. Experiment. Take your shoes off. <laughs> It's going to say he's 272 now. He's wearing five-pound shoes. No. You're also wearing layers, so I do think... Well, no, see, I'm not even joking. Shoes are a big part. Of course, of course. See? <laughs> what does it say now? 280? Hold on. It's fluctuating. 270.2. So you actually lost. You lost two pounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were 270 last week. I lost 20, bitch! <laughs> Fuck you. you so, okay, so Josh, at week one, is 270 down two pounds. Ah! <laughs> And ah. and what does it say you are, Taylor? Three ninety three. Three ninety three, bitch. So you lost twenty pounds. Ah. Um, so that ah. means let's go. Josh owes five dollars. <laughs> uh, you didn't have to. You didn't gain weight, which is good. So Taylor, I just said collusion. If there's here. a if there's a problem with the scale, <laughs> I, I will say though, no, there is something here. While twenty pounds is a little bit dramatic here, no, it's fucking scientifically impossible. It's no, not it's scientifically not. impossible with the way this cocksucker can eat. What um, do you mean? No, it's not. Do you know how many fucking calories equal a pound? Doesn't matter. Uh, I still most thirty five hundred calories on. equal one pound. So Doesn't you're telling matter. me? You're telling me Bro, that you fucking? I told you guys last week. If there are issues with the weight, the scale, bring your own fucking scale in and we'll compare. Order a fucking scale now. Send it here and we'll fucking do it. So fucking, we'll on, do it hold live. On, hold on, hold on. What you're telling me is that. You ha- you ran a caloric deficit of 70,000 calories this week. You know what's funny? I weigh less with the shoes on. <laughs> I weigh 390. Your feet aren't fully on the scale. Bullshit. He's leaning. We're going to track it here. Well, like I said. I mean it's error. Listen, I'm, a sports, an error. I'm a sportsman, and I will give the $5 okay. into the pot. Okay. I dispute the results. Okay. Cool. Then order a new scale, Listen, send it here. Josh, if that's fair, I said last week, there's no fucking way I was forced. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you Were did. Were you wearing your shoes last week? Yes, I was. Yes. All right, so maybe... All right, hey. I'm going to put the $5 in. Okay. I think that this is the real week, the, the real Fine. number, the real Fine. first okay. number. Listen, Deal. Uh, good sportsmanship. Have okay. A, you got a good sportsmanship All right. bonus. So, Josh, you want to take a picture, and then we'll do our NFL picks? Yep. Uh, oh, my ass. I um, lost 20 pounds, dude. Uh, all right. Yeah, I lost 20 pounds. Uh, next week, it's going to say you gain 30, and then you're going to have to put fucking Bullshit. A, a lot of money in. <laughs> For every pound you're over, you got to put $35 if, in, dude. Hold on. If that thing legit puts me over 400 pounds, and I know for a fact I've lost weight, because that's nonsense. Um. So, like I said, we, we, we'll get a scale just for yes, in here um, and figure it out. I'll look for, like, an accurate one, and we'll get it here. Um, you know, pay a little bit more. We'll throw in for it just yeah, to facts. track it. We'll I'm it. fine with that. Um. All right. I can go get one. I can go get a nice one at Bed Bath & Beyond down the street. There you go. Do that. Do that tomorrow. Yeah. Let me know. Um, all right. So, guys, we're in week eight of the NFL season. Um, a wild, wild Sunday. It was fucked um, and between if, And of all people, Josh is, Josh is the most pissed. Yeah, Josh almost had another perfect week. That's two times this season where one team fucked him in the ass. Who fucked you, Josh? Um, who fucked you? because I picked against him. No, well, no, but who did fuck you? Because he is uh, your New York Yankees second baseman. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen, listen. <sighs> Pete Carroll this week um, went on record saying that um, <laughs> it's already great. <laughs> he went on record saying that um, you know there was a lot of um, 
uh, referee fraud in this game. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, there was Turning a lot. The there were, there, there were a lot now. of there were a lot of mail-in flags in this game, and uh, you know, due to the you know due to the uh, the flag suppression <laughs> brought in by the mail-in flags from the referees, the fake do-nothing referees. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> And uh, guys, if you haven't if you haven't already, make sure today is the last day to send in your ballots. Oh my God. All right, so um, a wild oh shit, a wild funny. week seven, specifically Ugh. the end of the one o'clock slate of games was fucking bonkers. Dude, I'm not the, even laughing at that. I lost twenty pounds. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so the end. Think about the end of the games here, the one o'clock games, the end of the Titans Steelers oh. game, the end of the Falcons Lions game. Sorry, Josh. Right. Um, the, the end of some of these games was just fucking fucking wild. Uh, what else was crazy at the fucking end of it? Um, uh, the, the Cleveland and Cincinnati was fucking crazy. That was a great game. Uh, 50, uh, New Orleans and Carolina was crazy at the end of it. And then maybe game of the year between um, Seattle and Arizona it on really Sunday was, night. Honestly. Just a thrilling game. Uh, Kyler Murray's here. If you got a problem with the deal with it, Kyler Murray's great. I don't I don't have a problem Dude, with that. Dude, that fucking image of him when he sees DeAndre Hopkins in smiling. single coverage and he just breaks out into his smile as he fucking slings Josh, it. have you seen that, Jeff? No. Dude, literally. Dude, it's like, it's the camera's directly on Kyler when he threw that touchdown to D-Hop. You could see him He just, saw that he had single coverage like of D-Hop, and he as he's winding up, he's like this. Big smile. And he face. just slings it. And uh, the, way, the play call was great because the whole offensive line besides the center acted like they didn't know the ball was snapped. So the, the defense didn't know what to do, and then he sees single coverage and just slings it. Well, because so, sometimes when that happens, the defense thinks it's a, it's a yeah, false, false start. start. It was a, a brilliant play call. Um, it, even though in overtime it seemed like both coaches didn't really want to win the game. but Not re- at all. Yeah. Regardless. Um, I was last like, week, if this fucking thing turns into a tie. Last week, Josh went 13-1, and bringing him to a four-game lead over Taylor and myself at 76-27-1. Uh, Taylor went 12 and 2 and I went 20 and uh, 10 and 4 bringing us to a tie at 72 31 and 1. Josh, your team is the Thursday night game. Finding new ways to lose weekly. Yep. Todd Gurley, who famously in a game once uh took a knee when he could have gotten in the end zone pissing off every fantasy owner when he was with the Rams, couldn't do it in this game. Falls into the end zone when the Lions were trying to let him score. And you had to know right then, when I saw it happen, I was like, the Falcons are going to fucking lose this. Because yep. Stafford's a baller late in games. No doubt. In a close game, Stafford is as clutch as they come, even if his team is dog shit. Um, ATL, another tragic loss. Sure. Um, just just painful, painful bullshit. Um, you're playing the Panthers, coming off a tough loss to the Saints. Um, the Panthers are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Joshua. I am taking the Panthers in this game. Uh, I said it last week. Uh, I can't confidently pick this team when I've seen them just give games away so many times. Um, they they suck ass in the in the words of uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, they suck ass, <laughs> dude. That is, that loss was one of the uh, the thing I I sent that made me laugh so hard. It was the new Falcons jerseys. It says many is where it's like red and fades to black at the bottom. Many have hated on, hated on the Falcons gradient uniforms, but they incorporate the franchise's history into the design. Pretty cool. The red up top represents a fourth quarter lead over other teams. As you notice, it fades away and dissolves into the black bottomless pit of defeat. <laughs> you know what's fucked up, man? I had a nine I had a nine team parlay. I just picked winners, and the only team I lost was Atlanta. Yep. $700. That'll do it. Um, so uh, you're taking the Panthers, Taylor. I take the Panthers. I'm well. also going to take the Panthers. Um, it looks like Christian McCaffrey's back this week. I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, well, I mean, even just having him in on, uh, him in on passing downs, and because it, he is back, he he could be a good distraction because DJ Moore is having himself a fucking season. Yeah, for sure. And, and so is Robbie. And, so is Robbie Anderson. And Teddy Bridgewater looks like a real friend. Yeah, I'm happy for Teddy. I'm very happy. Um, as great as the Alex Smith story is, we can't forget that fucking Teddy Bridgewater almost also lost a leg at one point. No, he almost so. died. 
died. Yeah, literally. Well, um, Alex Smith almost died. Yeah, too. exactly. Um, so next game is the my my game. The Los Angeles Rams coming off that win over the worst five and one team at the time in the league, the uh, Chicago Bears, at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins rolling out after two straight wins uh, and Tua's first start. Um, this is not homerism. The Dolphins ma- <clears throat> match up well with the Rams. You know, when the Patriots played the Rams in the Super Bowl and shut down that Josh, um, that Sean McVay offense, Bill Belichick, of all people, said the defensive game plan was created by Brian Flores. They play well with guys in motion. Obviously, they have a pretty good defense, specifically Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. But outside of the Bears game, in all their wins, they have not looked super dominant. Not they didn't great. look great against the Cowboys. They got fucking rolled over by the 49ers who the Dolphins beat the week before. I mean, I mean and they didn't even play that well against the, the football team. No, they, they didn't you. play that well against the football team. The Bears just have no offensive firepower, and that game was even close for a little while. Uh-huh. Um, I think two is going to create a whole new wrinkle for the offense that had already been performing pretty well. It's going to create more of a running game for them. Um, they had just coming off their bye week where they're feeling really confident. Everything you hear in the locker room, they're super pumped for Tua. The defense Defense is on fire between Howard and Jones and Emmanuel Agba, who's third in the league in sacks He's right now. Great, um, they're killing it. Christian Wilkins is killing it. I think they match up very well with the Rams. Um, the fact that it's in Miami and the way Miami plays offense and the way the Rams play offense in that kind of heat isn't good for a full four-quarter game. Yeah. You get worn out. You even saw it in the Seahawks game where they, you know, they had a chance to win that game, but they just couldn't get in the end zone. Um, I really like them in this game. I think two is going to have a really good first start. Uh, yeah, give me Miami too. Um, I just think they're going to play inspired football behind their rookie. Yep. And uh, I, re- I just love Brian Flores, what he's doing. Yeah. The swagger he's brought to Miami. Um, give it give it a year, and I think yep. Miami's going to be the front runner. In hey, that division. Look, what's crazy is... Well, no, I take that back. They're going to be competitive with Buffalo. I just think... You know, it's just well, Buffalo's I, good enough team. That I think Buffalo. I, I I don't disagree with that. Um, you know, but Buffalo's showing kinks now, which they is are, crazy. And yeah. we'll talk about that. Uh, Josh, are you taking? I am going to take the Rams. All right, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I, I get why they're favorites. Uh, they're five and two. Come on. Uh, the next game is uh, the Patriots, who have lost three in a row for the first time since two thousand two. The it. worst home loss under Bill Belichick in his uh, Patriots career at the Buffalo Bills, three and a half point favorites at home. Um, we just talked about it. The Bills. Um, barely beat the New York Jets. Um, uh, you know, the Jets, I can't even say they played them well. I think the Bills just played horribly played for two and a half quarters. Uh, Patriots look awful. Uh, I, I'm i actually going to pick the Patriots. Um, I, I just, I find it, uh, even if I think Cam is shot, and I do think he's close to it, and I said that to you after his week one over the Dolphins, yeah. he won't hold up like this. No, I, I kind of figured that was going to happen, too. I, and just, I, I just didn't think they were going to get trounced like they did. No, especially you. in the run game. But what you're seeing from Buffalo the last couple weeks um, is very worrisome. Now that defenses are starting to catch up from the early season yeah, struggles, right. you know, they could have lost that game to the Dolphins. There was a few games where, where they, they just got they got by. Yes, and, exactly. They squeaked by. Josh Allen, September, compared to October, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Um, so, uh, why is Colucci tweeting me and you about the NJ governor? Is he? Yeah, he just sent me a tweet. Read it. Read it on here. Hold on. They're, they're shutting the state down again. No. Uh, I, oh, it's a surprise. Thanks, dude. It's me and you. It's not even good. Hold on. I'm going to reply. Um, Fuck you. That's what I'm writing. <laughs> dude, your tweet today when his Apex Legends tweet. <laughs> it looks like my son's ass. Like my son's ass. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, going back to it, I am going to pick the Patriots. I find it really hard to believe that a Belichick team is going to continue to play uninspired. Um, and the way Buffalo's playing probably has more to do with this. If this was Buffalo in September, I'd have no problem taking them. But I really don't. If the Jets had any sort of – hold on. 
no, any, no, you're good, you're any good. sort of competence whatsoever, the Jets would have won that game. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, I mean, the Jets had four yards of offense in the second half. Does that have more to do with the Bills' defense or the fucking Jets being horrible? The Jets' offense. Yeah, so uh, give me the Patriots with no level of confidence, but I got to play some catch-up. It seems like a good upset game. They've always, even when the Bills are decent, they always play them pretty well. So, Josh? I, I, I can't see Belichick losing four in a row. I have to take the Patriots just on that. You know, I, I think the Bills will probably win. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. But, like, I, it's just hard it's to just say. It's just a weird fucking thing to see. You know, them lose three in a and row. And look as bad as they have. And look, yeah, yeah. It's just uncompetitive. I just, I don't trust New England's roster. No, I, I, I don't you like can't. it across the board. Edelman looks shot. And the other thing, the other thing that's fucked too is simply because it's a division game. So what the fuck is something's got to give? Exactly. One team's gonna have to look good unless it's in, during the NFC East. Well, it's the NFC East. Well, like I mean, look no further than last week against uh, Dallas and and the and the football team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The football team should have no business be- Correct. beating up on Dallas like that. But all things considering, um, I'm trying hard not to lose. Because I don't want to watch the Fifty Shades movies, <laughs> so I'm going to take the Patriots here. Well, tec- listen, and I, and I, technically, I, if you're playing catch up, you should be taking no, the no, Bills. No, I'm not playing catch up. I'm just, I'm just. You're trying not to, to lose. You're playing prevent defense. I'm playing prevent defense. The on only thing prevent now. defense does is prevent your team from winning. Yeah, tell that to fucking Raheem Moore <laughs> and Jacoby Jones. Uh, but the other thing, I mean, I, I, I put way too much faith in the Bills last week. I, I had a nice parlay where I really thought that they were first gonna, time the Jets covered all year that they were going to take the Jets out to the fucking woodshed yep. and old Yellerum, and they nope. did little to nothing. All right, next game, uh, the Tennessee Titans coming off their first loss of the season, the Steelers great at game. the Cincinnati Bengals, coming off a great game of their own, losing in the last seconds to the on fire Baker Mayfield. Titans five and a half point favorites. I think that line should be bigger. I'm not going to spend that much time. In this only one, five and a half, really? Yeah, it's only five and a half. Give That's me the tiny. Are we all taking the Titans? Yeah. I'll take the Titans. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend much time I, I, on that I, one. I really, I really like what I'm seeing from Cincinnati, and they I think, got players on offense, man. And we've, and I, I said it a couple weeks ago, and and Dan said it. I'm sure you've said it at some point, Josh. If they get the right head coach there, Joe Burrow. And offensive gonna, line, please protect him. Because you're 1,000% right. This game was a perfect thing of what you said where Joe Burrow is going to turn to David Carr. Yeah, he's getting his ass kicked, man. And it's and not I fair. Feel, he's got all the moxie. I, I still don't love his arm strength, but he's good enough. Peyton Manning never had a cannon. He can get by because he's smart and he's tough and he's got poise. Yeah, um, he's, he's building rapport with A.J. Green, yeah, too. Which he really is, is. Did he finally, A.J. Green finally had a good game? He had like 70 yards coming into the game last week. He's had like three game, good games back to back. Are you no, t- AJ Green has had a very good bounce back season. No, with you. he yes. was about to get cut last week. No, no I think no, I, not, not, definitely not last week because last week he had like nine catches for like ninety seven. Hold yards. on, I need to see his stats because literally before this week he was on the cutting block. I'm not even he kidding. He had he had over ninety yards receiving. I'm pretty sure in the last three games, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Okay. So against in. Okay. So these he has twenty nine yards, uh, twenty nine receptions, two hundred ninety seven receiving yards. Um. The indie game he had eight receptions, ninety six, seven receptions, eighty two yards against Cleveland. No touchdowns on the year still. So. He, I, he's a guy that's on the trading block, though. I mean, but here's the thing, though. I mean, he's the wily old veteran. He still has a lot of, he still has a good presence back, uh, in that locker room. The real money maker in that offense is Tyler Boyd. Yeah, for you sure. That's I mean? the Tyler guy. Tyler Boyd and Giovanni Bernard, who's been there forever. By yeah, the way. he really has. Um, all right, next game. Um, this is a good game, I guess. The Raiders, after beating the Chiefs, look like ass again. Um, playing the Browns. Browns again. They lost OBJ, but as talented as he is. Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback without him. Uh, you saw, he starts out the first quarter 0 for 5 with one interception, and then he goes 22 for 23 with five touchdowns, and the one incompletion was spiking the ball to stop the clock. 
unbelievable. That throw he made to get that game-winning touchdown is a fucking dime. Um, I think they're a better team with him. I don't like what I'm seeing from the Raiders. They seem like they're combusting now. Um, So give me the Browns in this game. Give me the Browns. And Miles Garrett. Yeah, give me the Browns. Give me the points. I think if there's there's any time to kind of – I don't want to say you got to look past – I almost said Oakland. You want to look past Las Vegas because they are wily. They they do put up. They got players. They got players on offense. It's not like they. It's not like they're bad on offense. No, their offense is good. The defense is the problem. The defense is garbage. And again, it's a telltale thing we've talked. And Carr leaves a lot of points on the field. Always, and it's a telltale thing we've said a thousand times. Uh, You know, sometimes when your best receiver goes out is when you become a better quarterback. Happened to Matt Stafford. It actually happened to Peyton Manning when Marvin Harrison uh, left. Yeah, for sure. Reggie Wayne became the guy. I mean, that's 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 an exception to the rule, of course. But uh, I, I do. Th- I, w- I literally had this thought today when I heard that OBJ was out for the season. That he announced it, not the team. Was uh, that he announced that he's out for the season? Yeah. He well, he texted. He, he texted Josina um, uh, Anderson first right. and told her, and then it went everywhere. But so and that my thought process is that should be coming from the organization. The, yeah, and usually not from it him. Would be. And I think no matter how good of a player he is, no matter how big of a personality it is, and how many times he may help you win a football game here or there, he's a cancer everywhere. He, he he's he's the next Tio. Yeah, I I would agree, uh, Josh. You taken. I mean, he's not to you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just as far as from a personality, personality what he does to a quarterback. Listen, I, I completely agree with you because to well, say Tio, Tio, Tio fucking produced everywhere he went. No, that's, that's a good point. Shit, but no, just the way he I, uh, I, players around him came, quarterbacks around him came crashing down at the end. No, and Tio I, always started out good and then he went shit. I also agree with you because if Tio caught half the balls he dropped, he'd be the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game. Right. Well, facts, but that's I under. From a stats perspective, yes. Of yeah, course. you're right. I'm talking from a pers- personality, personality thing. Right, right. Talent, That's what I talent versus um, talent versus what the intangible factor. Also, if, I think if you is see what Tio looks like now, that motherfucker could still play. Yeah, he probably could. He's just an asshole. Um, I am going to take the Browns here, though. Okay, he's racing Tyreek Hill for charity. I know. Fuck! Imagine he beats him. Uh, next no game. Shot. This game, I'm actually a little intrigued by as far as upset special goes. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts coming off their bye week at the Detroit Lions, who are now three and three. They just got Everson Griffin from the Cowboys in a trade for a six round pick. Um, the Colts are three, steal. Three, three point favorites uh, on the road. I thought about taking the Lions here, but I'm going to roll with the Colts. I just think, you know, the Colts defense is much better than the Falcons, and they still couldn't really put up a ton of points on the Falcons defense. Yeah. Kenny Galladay is fucking awesome. Um, I love DeAndre Swift. Um, uh, TJ Hawkinson is fucking coming into his own. They got some weapons, but I like the Colts defense. They're fresher. Um, you're going to get Darius Leonard back. He's a little banged up. Uh, give me the Colts on the road. Yeah, give me the Colts, too. Uh, as much as I want to pick Detroit. I wanted to also. Just because Detroit has this thing where they like to fuck everybody in their picks. Of course. And I still don't trust Matt Patricia. They're fucking fiery, man. I don't know what it's to me it's not Patricia. They're, it's all it's all Matt Stafford. Well, I'm saying they they lose because of Patricia. Is what I'm, I'm saying. saying but they win because yeah, of Stafford. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's so, a yes. it's a coin flip every game. Correct. So, so yeah. Josh, um the inconsistency I don't like. Are they still uh, starting Rivers? Did they? Yeah, it's a- still Rivers. He played great his last game. He did um, actually play really well. After they went down 21-3, I think. Against is what Cincinnati. Yeah, against Cincinnati. Yeah, I guess I'll roll with the Colts here. All right. Next game, the Vikings um, trading off their big offseason acquisition of Ngakwe. Um, they, traded, they traded a second-round pick to get him, and they got him. And they a traded third back. A third. Yeah. Um, uh, he had him for four games. Playing the Packers. Uh, look like they're back to being the Packers. Mm-hmm. Packers, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Are we wasting time on this one? No. 
All right, we're all taking the Packers. It just seems like that whenever the there's Packers no way, play, like, no, there's no fucking planet where Kirk Cousins outshoots <laughs> fucking Aaron Rodgers. I, no, I, and now Devontae Adams looks like he's back, and he I, looks like he's one of the best receivers of the league again. I will say, I do, I do, I think this season, if anything has happened this season, and even a little bit last year at some points, Adam Thielen has really shown that he can. He be can a carry number, a team. He, he doesn't need a guy on the opposite side. He can be a number one guy. They're also playing from behind a lot too, so you're forced into throwing. And now with Dalvin right. Cook out, but he is insanely talented. But um, watch He's out. A crazy story. Um, there's guy. a good chance Mike Zimmer gets fired after the season. And I, they just gave him an extension. I really wouldn't be surprised. And I mean, you, you could see that they're regretting that fully guaranteed contract. Of at course. This point. Um, which means the GM should get fired too. More than likely. Um, all right. I think we need to spend a lot of time in this game. Do we? Um, it's a historic matchup. Um, oh, uh, it it's the the largest point spread in NFL history. The New York Jets at the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh even, my God. <laughs> the spread has even shifted. It was 21 and a half yesterday, and it's it went down a little bit. It's still the highest spread in history. Was it's it 19, 19 now. 19 and a half. Um, yeah, the Jets are horrific, dude. What? We should ask Jerry what the what it looks like if you pick the Jets to at least cover the spread. I might do it. It's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be plus nine hundred. Yeah, Easy. it's I, I might I might take it to, it, uh, to it, cover the spread. Just why not? It's, yeah. Throw twenty bucks on it. See what happens. It's gonna be Buffalo Baltimore last year. So I'm not I'm not even gonna ask you guys, and we'll just go to the next Thanks. game. <laughs> um, uh, okay, game of the week probably um, Steelers at Ravens. Um, Steelers still undefeated. Um, Probably, you know, they, they should have at least gone to overtime. Goskowski missed a league. Awesome. Uh, awful. Um, you know, Ben had his worst game of the season, but, um, you know, they still won. Defense looks great. Ravens coming off their bye. Got Ngakwe now um, to go with Calais Campbell. Now they don't need the blitz to create pressure. Um, this is a fucking... I love their games always. They're always physical. They're always nasty. I think the bye week is exactly what the Ravens needed. I wanted to take the Steelers, but I think it's one of these things where it's going to be one that each home team wins and they split. Um, that's usually how they play, even when both teams aren't going well. Um, so give me uh, the Ravens. Uh, the Steelers' offense is not one that I think can sustain an undefeated run deep into the season. Especially, and they've had a couple games they could have easily lost, Especially too. going into a game like this against a division rival that's going to play you tough. They've got to Just sign Des Bryant. <laughs> Just sign Des Bryant. Throw up the X, man. Yeah, throw uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, you got to take the Ravens here, uh, I think. Uh, you know, they're the home team. I think the Steelers are great. I think they're the best team in the AFC next to the Chiefs, obviously. But I don't think they're undefeated great either. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. They're definitely not undefeated great, but they're not going to lose this week. I'm going to take the Steelers. I, 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 for some reason, I just don't believe in Baltimore. I'm just, it, it just, it, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe the bye week is exactly the thing the defense needed to kind of right the ship a little I bit. I think it was more their it offense. Just seems, it just, just seems a little too sloppy well, for me. I, I, not their defense so much because their defense is only, I think they're uh, fourth in the league in points allowed before this past week. Um, the offense was the thing and it was, um, you know, the previous week when, you know, I think it was, um, what's his name? Lamar Jackson only had two rushing attempts. And then the next week, he had over 100 rushing yards, mm. and now another bye week. And their pass rush is meant to get to quarterbacks that can't really move. Do you know what I mean? When you look at who they've played and who they've beat, and Tannehill can run, but he can't run like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And you saw what Tannehill did in the second half because he can move outside the pocket. I just think it matches up pretty well here, and they do. this is be their first real big test um, with losing one of their linebackers for the season, the Steelers, yeah. with a team that wants Bullshit. to attack the linebackers. So it's a great matchup. I, I, want, I almost took the Steelers, so you're not crazy it's, for taking it, that. It's, it's, this is more of a coin flip, again, with a division it's, matchup. Uh, with these those two games teams are always, always coin flips, yeah. yeah. No matter what. Um, next game, Taylor, your team, the, the Chargers come 
coming off a great win over the Jaguars. Um, they're, I'm so happy to see that they're using Justin Herbert the way Oregon never did because if Oregon used him like this, he would have been a first overall pick over Burrow. They're actually letting him attack the vertical game. You know what his fucking last year in college, Herbert? He only had 12 passing attempts of 30-plus yards. It's fucking ridiculous. And when you have a guy that can sling it like that um, and playing the Broncos coming off a thrashing where I don't think they played as bad as the final score indicates no, on defense. Not. Their defense held them to 166 yards of offense in the first half. Uh, into the th- fourth quarter, in fact. Um, until the, you, know, you can only contain an offense like that for so long. Taylor, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm taking your team. I'm taking your Broncos. I think, you know, you beat the Jags. The Jags are horrific. Yeah. Besides week one aside, Minshew Mania is over. It's, I think everyone's seeing it now. It's over. Um, you know, you see he can't read his own defense. Yeah. I still like Vangio, what he can do on defense. I think they're going to be able This will be the first time you see Herbert get rattled a little bit. They can get to the quarterback. They have some good players on defense. I think Locke bounces back this week. I still like Locke. There's some things he has to work on. The Chargers can get to the quarterback, but I'm going to take the Broncos here. Um, cold weather game. Give me the Broncos. I'll take the Broncos as well. Um, I'm gritting my teeth as I do it because I said it. Uh, I said it almost two years ago that Justin Herbert was the guy I wanted at quarterback. And I got Drew Locke. And listen, I- I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't believe in the kid. Oh, you got Broncos fans jumping off, the, like, going nuts at him already. He went 7-2 and two down the stretch last like year. Every- Come on. Like, everyone does need- just need to calm down. You got to remember that it's... it's he had an, it's- didn't have an offseason. And I told you when, before the season started, he's the kind of guy I worry about more because new offensive coordinator. No, I, it's, it's only his, it's his first full year starting. Yeah. It's only his second year in the league. There, there, there's There's a... A trifecta of fucking shit that it hit Drew Locke this offseason. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say that this is like a throwaway season because it's far from it, but I need to see more. I mean, granted, you played the best team in the AFC, possibly the entire NFL last, se- uh, last season. Yeah, loss to the Raiders aside, I still think the Chiefs right. are the cream of the crop. Last week, um, you know. Uh, Dude, Randy Arena hit another home run. He's got 10 on this postseason. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, the other thing I do want to say, the reason why it's going to be a little iffy is because we're starting to get division in the Denver Broncos locker room. Yeah, it came out today that, and it, out of everything that's coming back, that the that the defense did their job against Kansas City, but the offense who gave up so many fucking turnovers and the special teams. I believe it was uh, they gave up out of thirty seven points, they gave up thirty one of them or something. Yeah, on a like kick that. return, pick yeah. six, fumble recovery. There right? was yeah, right. All the these flea flicker, uh, right. And the defense is the only one that was really stepping up. And now this this is very reminiscent of 2016, uh, the year after the Super Bowl, when uh, uh, one of the offensive linemen tried to hold like this big fucking meeting, and Akeem Talib said, "Fuck you, dog. We're, we're the carrying one, the team. We're the ones that got." And the sometimes Super those Bowl. kind of things can either bring a team together or break them apart. So the, here's why I think it's going to bring them together a little bit, and this is what makes me very happy. It was Bradley Chubb that stood yeah, up. Yeah, that, that's what he needs to do. He needs to play the Von Miller. Miller. Yeah, right. And he stood up and he said, "Listen, y'all got to y'all got to do something here." Um, but for all all these things aside, it's a very weird season. Denver is so incredibly beat up, even though we got AJ Bouye coming back. Yeah. Again. Um, in Denver, give me Denver. Give me Denver at home, and then please. Please get Melvin Gordon out. Get him out. <laughs> I I think. Well, I don't know what you sent to me, but I think it was all the thing that Melvin Gordon is is. Good at doing is doing nothing good. Yeah, that's I said that to you. That's like Josh. Who are you taking? Um, Chargers, Broncos. Chargers, yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, and here's I, I'm wrestling with it. I want to take the Chargers because I love. I Justin do too. Herbert. Um, next game, the Saints coming off the win over the Panthers. The Bears coming off that embarrassment last night. You know what's crazy? If the playoffs had started before last week, the fucking Bears would have been the number one seed in the NFC. Ridiculous. Um, uh, they're, now we got Bears fans crying for Mitch Trubisky. Um, did, did believe that, dude. Um, I'm not spending much time on the Saints. 
Uh, yeah, give me the yeah, Saints. Sorry. Saints. All I right. mean, li- literally for Bears fans, it's like Bears fans are just a walking um, uh, notebook, Jeff, of Ryan yep. Gosling. What do you want? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, like, 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 do you want Mitch? Trib- do you want Nick Foles? Do you want yeah. Mitch Trubisky? Which do you, you want? Pick one. Um, next game, another really good divisional matchup. The San Francisco 49ers look like they're bouncing back, um, despite their injuries. Taking on the Seahawks, coming off their first loss of the year. What's crazy with the guy like Russell Wilson? He's playing so well that he could play as as quote unquote poorly as he did in that game, throwing three picks, including some just ridiculously bad ones for him, and he doesn't get any kind of heat. What's crazy about this? He only has, listen to this stat, he only has two completions on third down this season, Russell Wilson. Ridiculous. He's the worst passing quarterback on third down in the NFL this season, which is wild when you think about how good their offense is because they're getting all their yards on first and second down. Um, Despite that, the 49ers, as good as they look, the injuries do catch up to you. I think a lot of it has to do with who you've played. On top of it, uh, give me the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks too. I don't think they. Can, I don't think San Francisco can keep up with them. No, um, you can't contain that offense. And the play of the year by DK Metcalf yeah. in a loss is wild. You know so. what's? You know what's crazy? And I, I, I said it. I was like, that was that because that that would have made them win the game. And yeah, you said it would have been like you. What your exact words were like? That's going to come back to bite the Cardinals in the ass. And I still don't get why he didn't kick a field goal. But regardless, it didn't bite them in the ass. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, Josh, um, who are they playing? It's 49ers at Seahawks. Oh, yeah. See, listen, Pete Carroll said this week that uh, love th- it. I the offense, it. in his view of the 49ers, is as flat as the earth. <laughs> so I'm obviously. Shut the fuck up. I'm telling Pete Carroll to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, next game, I don't have much time to spend on this. The Cowboys are horrific. Um, uh, how do you downgrade from Jason Garrett with a Super Bowl winning uh, coach? But you do. Um, Mike Nolan's defense is so bad, even his fucking eyes are getting burned by fucking Tabasco and press conferences. <laughs> fucking, what the fuck is happening? Um, against the Eagles, who, uh, great second half against the Giants. Um, Doug Peterson, you know, they're still not a good team, but he gets his team to play well in big spots. I, I love Mike McCarthy's analysis they read before the game against the, the fucking football team when uh, they're talking about Mike McCarthy said that his team has studied that the team in the division that usually wins four division games wins the division. Well, no shit, stupid. Good job. That's what you fucking studied two years off of football, you fucking asshole. Eagles. Yeah, give me the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Eagles are going to fucking trounce. And I don't think we have to spend much time on the Monday night game either. A real doozy. <clears throat> the Tampa Bay Bucks at 10-point favorites at the New York Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones has three wins in his career, two of them against the football team, the other one against the Bucks when they missed a 34-yard field goal. <laughs> He's got 22 turnovers in 41 career games. What is it? It's 22 turnovers in X amount of... I don't remember the exact amount of starts it is now. Whatever it is, it averages out to about two turnovers a game. It's, it's ridiculous. And he, it wasn't even his fault they lost on Thursday night. Evan Ingram has to make that catch. Yeah. He has to make that catch. Um, you know, their defense held on for as long as they could, but they couldn't stop at the very end. Um, uh, the Bucks uh, look like they're on fire and they're only getting better. And now you got fucking Antonio Brown in the mix. Uh, give me the Bucks. Uh, give me the Bucks, And I just want to say to every uh, foe, stupid asshole, Patriots fan out there. Ha ha. Put your clown makeup up on, bitch. Oh, we're going to be just fine. We got Cam Newton. No, they were never going to be just fine. fine. Tom Brady is a system quarterback, which I'm sure he is. Of course, but he's still better than Cam Newton. Listen, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time for a reason. Yeah, right. And and, and five touchdown passes. It's him and Tavares Jackson. (laughs) Sorry, the the alive one, Seneca Wallace. Rest in peace, (laughs) Tavares Jackson. Yeah. Uh, But no, seriously, give me the bucks and give me the points. And Josh, I didn't even ask who you're taking. I just put down the bucks for you. Yeah, that's... 
That's fair. Accurate. All right, guys. That sounds fair. This is episode 125 of You Watch, I Listen. Uh, my movie pick for this week for Taylor was or- uh, The Orphan. And the album pick for Dan this week was Woven War. And the album Woven War. Fuck yeah. Nice, dude. Very good. Fuck yeah. Why are you saying fuck this yeah? This is Pearl Jam. Because you're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I knew the whole time. This is a great song. This is the only album you even say. It's a good album. I'd be dumb to say 10 isn't good. Yeah, it's a great album. Jeremy. But they're, but, but they're trash. It doesn't make them any less trash. trash. They're fucking trash. I agree with you on the point that they have only one great album. I don't think they have a bad album, though. They don't have a, They don't have another. No, good they, album. I, no, they have. No, there are. They have couple. too many live albums. I'll, I'll give it I, that. I agree with that's, that. That's you, my you, biggest. What do you problem. think of Pearl Jam, Josh? I love Pearl Jam. Yeah, exa- I, I felt like you didn't when we were younger. I don't no, know. I've always liked Pearl okay. Jam. Okay, I'm also not taking the but bait. now, like I fucking, I appreciate the fucking. Did you listen the, to their newest album? No. Oh, it's fan- dude. Listen to it. Yeah. It's honestly, I can say this. I agree with you on the point. The newest album is the best one since this one. Is it? It's legitimately is great. It? No. It, is it? Did you? All right, guys. This was episode 125. You watch. I listen. Thank you again. Jerry at paranormal underscore base on Twitter for Josh all your betting advice. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Eddie. I just want to rile him up. <laughs> <laughs>